everybody how are we doing today it is the forest film club shortly briefly the forest television club and over there is the vanilla bear patrick how are you doing today buddy oh i am so darn excited uh last time that i had you watch one of the tv shows that i really love uh veep i think you really enjoyed it so i hope this is the same case um and of course, that's my love of life, my chocolate bear. How are you doing? What's new? So good. Saw cocaine bear this week. Fucking good things. Rolled. <laughs> Fucking ruled. <laughs> it's much more than like a than like the faux '80s monster movie schlock that you might think it is. It's yeah, an actual movie. We're planning on sometime this week, I think. Now, I needed yeah. your opinion before I committed because I was like, "Eh, this yeah. could go one of two ways. Well, <laughs> There's no middle went, ground." I went with two other people, and we all felt the exact same way. I mean, the, the two people that I went with, uh, uh, Noah and and Pamela, shouts out. Um, we get together anyways every now and then just to watch bad horror movies. We'll go on to Amazon. Uh, prime and we will literally find the movies that have the lowest imdb rating on amazon prime and those are the ones that we watch together we've watched llamageddon and behemoth oh my god i keep wanting steve to watch it how did llamageddon go it was awful and wonderful at the same time it was literally what i was hoping for and you want to know something dude there are movies out there that are that you know and put in way more money to its budget than Lamageddon, but somehow turned out better. I mean, worse than Lamageddon. Like <laughs> Lamageddon's silly and weird and terrible, but at least like they know that it's all those things. So like they have, they know like, what it is. Yeah, and they have like, a, <laughs> and you can tell they're having a lot of fun making it. But yeah. like we just watched this one behemoth that you could tell that they're trying their best, dude. You can tell that they're like really putting it out there but it's not even funny yeah it's they had like best laid plans that certainly didn't work out yeah it was just (laughs) bad dude it was bad um so we watched these horror movies these bad horror movies on purpose we went into cocaine bear thinking oh it's just a bad horror movie night except we go to see it in the theater this time you know and instead we were all really surprised at, at how well this movie was made Love it. So happy. Absolutely. Uh, what about you? Any any new readings? Any new playings that you're going with? Uh, finish the sci-fi book that I've been texting you about, Mountain in the Sea. Uh, really odd. Oh, I knew it. I knew what it, it was. It, I, yeah, I knew what it was shooting for. It had the bones, um, but the ending was just a little funky. I hear you. It was all very abrupt for me, at least, but. Uh, but we revisited X. Scott seemed to watch X. I told you that. Um, he was not as big a fan as I was, but now I'm even a bigger fan because oh. now I noticed even more things. Oh, the Holy foreshadowing. God, that movie is so good. Every Ugh. character's death in that movie is foreshadowed. And I think that is... Even the old people. I think that is like one of the most incredible... Ugh feet that a horror movie can't can attain every death in that movie's although i will i love watching those types of movies with steve because his 
first initial thought is to point out plot holes. Well, and there's least... a couple things now that I've noticed that I'm like, oh, she put the she put the um axe, yeah, the axe in the wrong side of the door, where like her hand could have been right next to the doorknob, and it would have gone a lot easier. But she picked the panel furthest away, and she's the one that opened the door, so she knew. But like, is like here's the deal. Like, but who cares? Is a character <laughs> making a mistake like that a plot hole? Not like, to me. Yeah, but like I noticed think, it. You have to think about like the character in that situation. Like nobody's thinking yeah. straight. No, no, I'm with you there. But you like, know? it was one of those things where like it, they were, you know, I. I do. It's not I a mistake, but yeah. I get it. Like I get what I, is happening. It needs to be a, a a new term, like for something that that might be a plot hole, but could also be like explained in universe. Oh, I would. I probably wouldn't even have found that axe. I would have just had a panic attack. So, absolutely. You, <laughs> you know, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, I give her credit. Uh, and then the other one that I actually think you'd really like. It's a little messy. It's a um, Final Fantasy Fifteen's prequel movie. Mm, um, dude, the protagonist in it is incredible. Interest. I was bought in from the moment this movie started. Aaron Paul does the voice, and Lena Hetty is also in it. Wow! So we yeah, have like, <laughs> so we have Jesse Aaron Paul, Pinkman. dude. We have Jesse Pinkman and Cersei Lannister, dude. And the weapon they use is the coolest fucking weapon I've ever seen in a video game. It's a teleport teleportation dagger. And what is that? So you attack by teleporting. Whoa! <laughs> Dude, it's so cool. <laughs> That's how they like save themselves too. It's the coolest fucking thing. Good times. Really like the movie. Like I said, video game movie. Still a little messy. It's fine. <laughs> what 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 is that on? Um, he got a he bought it on Apple TV. Okay, but I think so, you'd have. I'm sure most of them have it anywhere. So, you probably so have. I forget Kingsglaive. I forget what it was called. But whenever I was like fourteen, maybe. Uh, me and my uh, friend at the time watched a fan Final Fantasy movie that was completely CGI. But I it was remember... probably their first one that got the guy fired. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I remember watching it and having like a hard time comprehending that the CGI people in the movie weren't real people. Like to me, dude, that was the pinnacle of animated movies because uh -huh. it made now i look back at it and it's garbage <laughs> this one is incredible yeah they really put in the effort dude yeah like there's a scene where he's sitting in a chair and i it's like watching ryan reynolds and deadpool sitting in a chair like you would never know yeah it's really good uh but chocolate bear yes why are we here today what did we do that's so exciting well, we watched not just one thing, not just two mm. things. Patrick, we even skipped over three things. <laughs> we watched 12 things plus 10. Yeah, we did. We watched 22 things for this episode, bro. We watched. So excited about it. The entirety 
the entirety of both seasons of Ted Lasso found on iTunes or Apple TV, I guess. It would yeah, be iTunes yeah. at some point, right? <laughs> I'm sure it's on there, yeah. Now, listen uh, to me, people. This is Ted Lasso we're talking about. A show developed by Jason Sudeikis, Bill Lawrence, Brandon Hurt, and Joe Kelly. Out of the four of them, only Joe Kelly does not have a Wikipedia page. I really appreciate that that is one of our bars of how famous somebody is. (laughs) (laughs) Any normal person would be like, do they have an IMDb page? No, do they have a Wikipedia page? Do the does the public care enough to make up facts about this person? That's I mean that's <laughs> that's the call of an important person, right? That yeah, the layman's you and me, the idiots who are fans of them, spend the time to add them to this internet encyclopedia, right? Yeah, I think exactly. So. Yeah. Debuting. On August 14th, 2020, when your AEW World Heavyweight Champion was indeed John Moxley, the show follows yeah. an American college football coach who, for some reason or another, gets put in charge of an English Premier League football team. Football meaning soccer to us Americans. Uh, the AFC Richmond, uh, where he does not understand that he is initially hired to absolutely fail. <laughs> it's it's such a clever way to get the ball rolling. It's such a it's such a fun concept. Yeah. One that I think is not explored enough. <laughs> N- yeah, other things kind of take precedence eventually, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. Uh, uh, other other people rounding out the cast, of course, Jason Sudeikis is the titular uh, Ted Lasso. We have Hannah Waddingham as uh, Rebecca Welton, the owner of AFC Richmond. We have Jeremy Swift as Leslie Higgins. Uh, Phil Dunster, <laughs> Leslie. Leslie's the best. Shouts out yeah. to Leslie as uh, Jamie Tart, Brett Goldstein as Roy Kent. Uh, we have Nick Muhammad as Nathan Shelley. Of course, Juno Temple. What a fun name that is. Right. As Keely Jones. Uh, and of course, most importantly, we have Brendan Hunt as coach beard (laughs) oh my god dude i have a feeling you loved beard that seems like a sea bear character but i could be wrong we'll get into it um can you please tell me who plays my boy danny because we are going to have a conversation about him it's a must have yeah i'd I'd love to his name is uh cristo fernandez uh, all right Danny Rojas, um, kind of a, a, a lower string footballer that comes in to, to save the, the team one way or another about midway through season one. Um, mm-hmm. Amazing character arc he goes through in season Oh, my two. God. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal. And while we're at it, I'm also just going to shout out to Heeb Jimma as uh, Sam Obasanya. Who I who is probably my favorite character in the show. Um, he's he's, he's excellent. I really <laughs> hope that 
this next season he he's utilized a lot more i really enjoyed his um upward importance in season two and i you know there's things that happened in season two that didn't surprise me let me put it this let me put this out there okay yeah very few things about this show surprises me not at all zero is so predictable in so many ways Mm-hmm. And I just want people to know that that is absolutely perfectly fine. There's creative space out here for things that that surprise us, and there are there's creative space out here for things that comfort us. Yeah, and this show is one of the best examples of comfortable watching. I've ever experienced that's so nice to hear you say (laughs) i I needed to get that out of the way this show is a gem to watch there is a character if you don't relate to a character in this show you're the most unique human being that ever existed yeah i I just don't know how you could it (laughs) how often do i talk about relatability and how often do i talk about needing characters that like you have to relate like you have to be able to relate to somebody you know these people in your life and even if you don't you've met them (laughs) right that's what i'm saying like yeah you know uh, god man watching ted is 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 like almost watching a mirror sometime because people often i mean i've been told like get annoyed by my positivity sometimes it's often hard to bring me down like it is ted lasso you know and yeah. And you know, we'll be we'll be riled up at work and we'll ha- we'll be completely busting and and running around like chickens with our head cut offs and I'll be there with the smile and, and and trying to entertain people because I can't let them see that I'm stressed out. Yep, now you have new quotes. Yeah, oh my god, a thousand <laughs> of them. <laughs> now you have new motivational quotes for every day at work. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's really really some some fun stuff here. Um, I guess that we'll just do like it uh, some overall conversation. So I did not take notes per episode because that often takes way too long for me. I mean, whenever I take notes for something, it almost takes me, you know, times fifty percent the time to watch it because I often pause and rewind and stuff like that. I did yeah. not have that luxury. I do not have that luxury doing 22 episodes of a, of a, of a series. No, of course not. Um, I mean, I did, but I had seen it before. So it's not like yeah. if it, yeah. the show keeps going, I'm missing anything really. I yeah. might miss like a little line, but I watched it already. So it's fine. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you'll be happy to know, Patrick, that this started out as one of those things that like, I turn it on and I figure I can kind of half pay attention to it it's not too complicated i can play a game on my phone i can probably read a comic book while i'm also watching this and pay attention get the exact same thing but by the time i'm in you know midway through episode two this thing has my complete attention yeah it's completely stripped away all wants not all wants like i could still do this this is not a complicated show yeah <laughs> i could but you didn't want to <laughs> right but i want to be completely enraptured in what's going on 
It's yeah. And I thought it would be good. Yeah. And it is good. It's listen. I wouldn't have made you watch it. Okay. It's the characters that make it great. Ugh. Yes. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, over and over again, Patrick. What is the best thing about Scrubs? It's the characters, baby. It's the character, and it's not even our main characters. You know, it is characters, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't even. It isn't even Zach Braff's JD or 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 Mm-mm. Turk. It's they work everybody together. That surrounds them. You know, it is Leslie, it is Jamie Tart, it is Roy Kent, it is Coach Beard, it is Coach Nate, it is Keeley, it is Sam and Colin. You know, it, it is the the three uh, uh, pub goers that are constantly giving <laughs> Ted Lasso yeah. a hard Dude, time. They are so fun. Like those are the little ads that that show has. Yes, that just makes you it 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 lets you understand the fans. And you don't get that in sports shows or, or movies anymore. You're right. Ever really. Like you don't get the fans' perspective on things. And it's fun to like see their they have an arc. Yes. Yes. The they fans do. Yes, have they do. an arc. <laughs> like, and and this is something that's so cool. That I feel like Bill Lawrence, uh, one of the developers of this show, does mm. better than like any other comedy television producer. Dude, he's is, goat for me. He's the goat. Yes. yes, (laughs) Is create these background characters. It's the best thing that he does. It's what makes Bill Lawrence, Bill Lawrence. Dude, let me just throw a name out there for you. Okay. The Todd. The Todd. He had no rights to be as funny as he was and okay with what he says. But it doesn't matter. To this day, I still snap my fingers after yeah. a high five because of him. Yep. It's like, they're just, uh, he does or a great even, job even, with even it. Let's, let's say a smaller character than that from Scrubs. Like a Dr. Mickhead. Yeah. 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 You know, a character that's He's the one that Scrubs. was supposed to kill his, his wife, right? Yeah. 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 And <laughs> like, then there's remember a, that. And then there's a time whenever they're they're replacing everybody's first letter and their last name with a D. So there's like Dirk and Dr. Deliot, but nobody would do it for Mickhead. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's that, just, you know, that's he's good at that, it. Like, really rounds out a world that yep, really um, rounds out a world that that feels lived in and, and feels real. Oh, you know who else I loved in this? Um, oh, my God. What was what was his name? Oh, God, I feel like a fucking what was his character idiot right now? What did he do um, uh, with the independent? <laughs> oh, Trent Krim? He's Trent one of Krim. my favorites. Yes. Trent Krim, the independent. <laughs> whenever every whenever he stands up and he says Trent Krim and everybody in the room yeah. says the independent. Yeah. Um like Trent Krim is the is the essential tertiary character uh of this show. He's the essential non-important third act character. Like, yeah. he's awesome. He's mm-hmm. awesome. He's awesome, awesome, awesome. And once again, 
we'll talk about it whenever we talk about it, but but late in the game, whenever he reveals to Ted Lasso who gave the information for his article kind of taking down oh, Ted Lasso, I yeah. knew who it was immediately yeah. that gave that information. But the, the show tells you. But the drama is not behind who did it. Who's the betrayer? Right. You know, it's about it's how Ted he, finding out and, and how he reacts, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, let's let's get into it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about that moment because that's a beard moment for me. Oh, yeah, it's really good. And he's so subtle. We'll jump in. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with characters specifically? Do you want to start with a specific episode that you liked? What do you, well, you know what? Let me start with facts first. Yeah, why don't you? Why don't you? And start, we'll jump why from don't there. You lead us. Why don't yeah. you lead us through this? Through this? Let's let's go by you. You're yeah. the experienced one here. I'm brand new, um, mm-hmm. and and I would really enjoy to to be the reactionary one here. Yeah. So okay, origins. How much research did you do? I did nothing. I, I wanted you. Okay. To I got you. Um, Ted Lasso was originally a commercial in 2012. Wait, what? And that was, it was, a. it started as a, a it ended up becoming multiple commercials. Yeah, but NBC made a commercial because they were putting the Premier League on NBC. So they made this character up. That is fucking hilarious. And then he was at the time dating Olivia Wilde and she convinced him that this is a real character and he should write a show around it. Okay. Um, so Ted Lasso a year later was like a huge, huge deal. So NBC kept making commercials with him. Um, these are in no particular order. I found this list on mental floss, which so, I so have he was used like, them before. So this is like, Oh my god, this is so weird. This is like an SNL type character that so what, what I'm trying to say more so, more so, this is like Flo from those progressive commercials getting her own TV show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My mind is fucking breaking right now. Okay, continue. It's awesome, right? Yeah, it's really uh, cool. So your boy Roy. Okay. Boy Roy. Do, do you know what he started out as when this show started? No, no, please. He was a lowly writer on the staff who was writing the character Roy and decided that he could play him. What? <laughs> what? He decided that this character was him and he sent an audition tape to Bill Lawrence through an email. Are you serious? swear it's in the article <laughs> yeah so he was not even supposed to be in the show and i don't know that the, this show would never have worked no without I roy couldn't agree more i wonder so, at what point maybe they had someone else in mind but i wonder at what point he realized that he was writing for himself I, it doesn't specify that, but it yeah. says at some point he realized like he was just writing himself into a character, and he was like, "Oh, I could do that." Amazing. That is so <laughs> uh, Ted Lasso has at that point the first season broke the Emmy record for twenty nominations, yeah, beating Glee, yeah, most, uh, which you probably uh, most knew. Nominations for a first season ever. 
uh, yep. from, from the Emmys. Uh, I'm giving you the highlight ones that I enjoyed. Um, now, you know, Bill Lawrence is very big on the music he uses yes. in his shows. Um, Marcus Mumford from Mumford and Sons is the one that does the music for the show. I thought that was an interesting twist on the music because that's not what I would have expected to know, you know? Oh, yeah, um, right on the Wikipedia page. Yep. Uh, Zach Braff, as yes. he has to do, I'm sure you noticed this. He he, he uh, directed one of the episodes, the Biscuits episode, the very so, so first time. So before I even watched this, before I even watched this, I, I went on to Emmy, I went on to like the, Emmy, the, the awards list to see all the awards that it got. Mm-hmm. And I saw it, and I saw that Zach Braff won something, but I didn't look at the award that he won. I just saw, you know, Zach Braff, and it was green, so I knew he won something. So I, so I, I initially was watching it, and I was like, okay, like when's Zach Braff gonna come in? Like, what character yeah. is Zach Braff gonna play? And then, yeah, at the end of the second episode, or at the beginning of the second episode, I saw that it was directed by Zach Braff. And I thought yep. to myself, oh, shit. Homie's got an award for directing, not acting. Yeah. And he is a decent director. He's not my favorite, but... He's a great television director. Yeah, apparently. He's a great <laughs> television yeah. director. He directed yeah. the second episode, Biscuits, which was one of the highlight episodes of the first season to me. Yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah. So, last couple I have. Um, one of the big ones was that part of getting a role in Ted Lasso on the soccer team, football, uh, is you actually had to have experience playing soccer. So they didn't want to like have to bullshit scenes. I figured that. I, I, I thought uh, that, that. Thank God. Yeah, you would I know. Thought, I thought, oh, man, these guys are definitely um, already, like, athletes before they signed on to this. They had to be. Yeah. Yeah. My boy Danny has the most experience. He apparently played professionally on FC Mexico. Oh, okay. Hey, man, In Mexico. Tesco FC. Football is life. Yeah, football is life. <laughs> That's like a, it's just a motto of my thing now. And now, whatever is happening in my life, just fill in life football. Is life. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> so this was my favorite little fun fact that I found out. So apparently, Diane Sawyer responded to a Ted Lasso tweet to like his Instagram. What I forget what he's on Twitter. I guess Ted Lasso has his own Twitter account. Sure. So when he talks about dating her in one of the episodes and how he wouldn't turn her down, she sent him a message saying, I'm in your move. <laughs> this like it it this show had a far reach. Even the little like small moments hit somewhere. Yeah, because uh, that's literally just uh just throw away line the quickest the the quickest line read of a joke you could imagine is yeah. that line that that, that yeah. happens in. yeah it's just That's fun like it's it's cool to know that uh i know it sounds silly but it's cool to know that people 
like a Diane Sawyer and your big actors, they still watch all this stuff too I and appreciate what they're doing. Like I don't care how mundane that sounds to other people. I yeah. think it's fascinating that celebrities become fans of like regular TV shows like you and I watch. My favorite part, of course, I have to bring everything back to professional wrestling. But yeah. my favorite part of, of pro wrestling whenever I was growing up, or because it was one of my dad's favorite parts, was, you know, every Raw or SmackDown, and now even Dynamite, they always show a close-up on some celebrity that's in the crowd. Yeah. I think that's so special and important to see that they're fans too. Even They might have millions maybe billions of dollars and they couldn't be further away from you in 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 like importance and in livestock right yeah but they like the same things you do and i and for some reason that is incredibly special to me it's it's because that sometimes they feel like they can't tell you you know they can't be like i'm a wrestling fan why who cares like what you like man like who who gives a shit Um, like oh i like ted lasso like who cares like awesome everybody does you're allowed to yeah i know uh you're also allowed to not like something and that's okay right you can say that (laughs) although they wouldn't they're kind of like their people but (laughs) to see to 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 realize that yeah celebrities are fans of things just like you are yep so I the only episode I really want to focus on, and I know you really like to. I want to ask you about the first episode specifically, though, because I don't think I literally only watched it because I knew who made it. (laughs) I don't think we need to do this episode by episode. No, the Wikipedia list right up here. Um, We'll just kind of go through, skim the overview, and see if there's anything in it we want to talk about. How about that? That's fine. I mainly wanted to talk about the pilot specifically because I really find pilots interesting. Yes. Yes. For anything, any show. Does uh, it work? Course. Does it not work? You know, you yeah. give this to somebody, are they going to keep watching? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So so the series begins really, I mean, it, it's a breakneck beginning here. We learned yeah. that uh, uh, one of our central characters, maybe actually the central character of the show, I know it's called Ted Lasso, but most of the time this feels like the Rebecca Welton show. Yeah. Um, and I'm cool with that. One, because Rebecca Welton's a, a really well-written character, and two, she's mm-hmm. a fucking smoke show. She's so, a badass bitch. She's a badass bitch, man. She's a <laughs> boss-ass bitch, too, man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so she becomes the owner of this AFC Richmond, by the way, not a real football club, um, because of a recent divorce that she went through with her husband, finding out about her husband's infidelities. And to get back, she decides that she's going to run her ex-husband's football team straight into the ground (laughs) by hiring Ted Lasso a football coach from Wichita, Kansas, uh, who has gotten a reputation of being a bit as eccentric. A uh, They have a, a, a running gag of showing this, like, dance party. Which he, he did on SNL. Oh! That originated on SNL. 
okay for a different character (laughs) yes yes absolutely that's hilarious Uh, and and convinces him to come to england of course this is uh with his assistant coach coach beard and everybody is like taken off really really off guard by his demeanor and his attitude you know he comes over and freely admits that he knows nothing about soccer (laughs) (laughs) dude the whole running joke of him not knowing what offsides is (laughs) and the fact that it happens in the second season is amazing to me yeah he's like no really i need you to explain it i don't know why that was offside (laughs) and the the ref ref is like annoyed by him (laughs) just wonderful Uh, yeah one of the things that happens in the first episode that isn't really consequential to anything, but that I loved that they included was that little second where they had a debate of why soccer was even born as a sport. Oh, yes, yes. To yes. stop men from masturbating because they can't use their hands <laughs> while they're playing. As is the reason for a lot of things. I mean... Uh, the guy who invented cereal, uh, invented cereal or cornflakes, I guess, because he thought that kids were masturbating too much in the morning. So he created something to get what? them out of bed to eat. Yeah. <laughs> out. Whatever, man. Yeah, true story, dude. He wanted, he wanted kids to uh, love it. Back in it. Uh, Here's the question that I have for people like that. What's wrong with masturbation, y'all? Like nothing it's fine um it's speaking fantastic. of and a lot of times it's really fun just doing it by yourself like it's okay. <laughs> speaking of we're gonna use that as a good transition okay yeah. we're not gonna make that useless sure you get to meet your buddy jamie tart you get to meet a few players jamie tart let me you just get say- to meet that one of my favorite things about um, football, English football, and English fans in general are their are their chants. Like football fans as a whole, man. Everybody <laughs> knows that that my one of my favorite things in the world is a nicely made chant. And boy, oh boy, do I wish that Americans were at like half as creative as yeah. as British people are when coming up with with these chants because boy oh boy are they fun yeah we've got the wave it's fine whatever my point is <clears throat> something i notice with anything that bill lawrence does and what any good show should have is a grounded character now the twist he puts on this time is that this character doesn't appear grounded at first but keely walks in the locker room and i am instantly taken back i'm like i'm good she's gonna be awesome i don't know why why but i see what's happening here um and i you know after watching all of this she kind of became my carla Mm -hmm. where she always seemed to be around when stuff was going on and you don't know how she quite knew to be where she was, but it always worked out well for whoever she talked to. 
at least for a while they had that as a focus um but they really played her off for some good jokes um well in just many general ways, lessons in many ways and i don't think you get this in the first episode but but the way that she grows in many ways she's like the female ted lasso of the show yeah but it feels organic right like you watch other girl boss type shows and sometimes it happens so fast yeah yeah but by by what i mean by that um is that she's a constant place of i'm gonna use the word again comfort yeah for other characters you know she's she's mostly honest with everybody she cares how other people are feeling um and and that's not something you get right away from her you know, you you really don't get that until about midway through season one, whenever she really starts interacting with Roy Kent more. Yeah, and her relationship with Jamie obviously falls apart. Right. Yeah. And it's actually quite brilliant because I the way that they have everything set up, especially because of his roughness and, and general attitude. Nobody needs somebody like that in their life more than Roy Kent. That yeah. positivity, that support, that comfort. Roy Kent needs that, especially because he keeps on getting reminded, you know, throughout these episodes that he's on his way out. He's an old man now, even though he's probably it's... only 35. <sighs> Um, so, you know, I'm, you probably dealt with this on the wrestling side, but me being in sports my whole life and a big fan of sports, right? Yeah. It's always sad when you know that one of your favorite players on your favorite team is kind of on their way out. Like they, the best is behind them. They're struggling. You can tell that (laughs) the team's just hanging on to them for nostalgia reasons. A lot that happens a lot. Yeah. Uh, this entire story does a great job of showing what it's like to be at different places in your life, uh, especially yeah. in sports, because usually by the time you're 40, you're not playing anymore. Yeah. Then you have, what, 50 years to figure something else out? It's like, what do you, it's a fresh start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if it's, um, you know, when he makes it clear, it's all he's ever known. Like, that is a, yeah, that's a horrible spot to be in if you're if you're a forty year old man. If if all you've ever known your whole life is this one thing, and now this one thing is passing you by, I mean it's yeah. horrible and terrifying. And and boy oh boy, uh, we talk about it a lot. I don't get emotional at things. There's a very clear fourth wall in front of me that shuts off my emotional vulnerability between whatever I'm watching and me in my real life. I don't care. Yeah. You know, the closest that I got to like really emotionally connecting with anybody in this show is at the end of the first season, um, after Roy Kent walks back into the locker room having bested Jamie Tart and yeah. injuring himself, injuring his leg. And Keely Ugh. comes back 
and he's telling her to to get away to not touch him of course he's really saying the opposite of that <laughs> you know and being the comfort character she knows this yeah like that is <laughs> that's probably the closest that i i really got to 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 feeling emotional about any of these characters that's not to say of course it's not to say that i think this is written poorly i just personally don't connect emotionally to things like that no so ted was mine yeah well okay um, so so let's talk about ted a little bit because the end of this first pilot we get mm -hmm. about 30 minutes of straight positivity and hokiness <laughs> from this from this yokel. so charming from kansas of course we're american so we love it because we're like oh yeah. he's adorable but yeah. the british people can't stand shit like that you know what i mean so yeah. they're, oh, they they're trying it. to take a piss out on him um and and at the end of the episode we get a a late night call from ted talking to his uh wife and his son and the conversation takes a deep nosedive as we are able to tell from from the half one of my favorite uses of phone conversations ever is whenever you can only hear half the phone call but you can tell everything that's being said in it yep you know they do such a great job throughout the whole show yeah absolutely and we find out through this half phone call that Ted Lasso is going through a divorce or we don't know. I don't think we know it's a divorce, but we know that there's some marriage. It's a break. Issues. Yeah. Right. Between, there's a reason he's in England. Right. <laughs> to, give his, to give his wife some more space. Um, what a guy. Like, mm -hmm. he clearly cares so much about his family that he's willing to to miss out on his son this much to, to prove to his wife that... Yeah that he he can be who she needs him to be um and the conversation ends really really poorly for ted who ends the night on a on a pretty low low after a pretty high high of a day um and and you know this it, it does what i i always say that a good comedy should do you make people laugh so you make them cry later um, mm -hmm. because you make characters that people love and then you do terrible things to them. That's how writing works, people. And this is the terrible thing happening to Ted. Uh, yep. This is where the show feels a little cheap to me. Yeah? Yes. Because it has a lot of fun doing my least favorite way of getting people emotional about things. And that's to play a sad song Play, do a little bit of slow motion editing. Welcome and... to Scrubs, baby. Scrubs yes. Land is back. Yep, <laughs> Bill Lawrence is here, y'all. Yeah, he's here with that. Shit. And it works for me. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, uh, it 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 works. I guess like aesthetically, yeah. but me personally, I feel like it's cheap. I feel I'm like it's. Yeah. I feel like it's uh, cheating a little bit to to almost force emotions onto your audience yeah um, you could do it other ways now you could do it other ways does it take away from the show not at all it's what the show is but mm -hmm. it yeah. does not get me to an emotional level when anything does that it, it also i love the way you just said that 
how how did i say it? where you, you said it just is right yeah um uh, and that's what i think gets missed when they try to make like they made that blockbuster sitcom that's the kind of stuff that's missing from those types of shows right you when you make a sitcom like that it's going to look a lot like an old sitcom that has already been seen that's the goal right but if you don't set it up in a proper way it doesn't work yeah but in this you know in this kind of case you're like i see everything that's happening and it's going through my brain but i don't care because the product is fun yeah and, 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 and it, it gets you to a point yeah absolutely and sure it's a little bit of an emotional manipulation with the music and the editing but at the so same was acting. time at the same <laughs> time it's also fucking ted lasso jason yeah. sudeikis fucking brings it to this role even I, I wish that I could watch. I did not know he could act this well. Neither did I. And I, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> and, and, and that's what I think I'm getting at, dude. I think that having that 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 sad song and 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 depressing editing takes away from the the performance of Sudeikis as Ted Lasso. I feel like. Yeah. Because that doesn't do that with Roy Kent and, and Keeley. It can do that without putting in this sad music. Yeah, sometimes empty space is good. You know, and, and, and that's that's what I like. Um, it just feels a little bit manipulative trying to mm -hmm. force me into emotions that I would have probably been feeling if all of this wasn't so produced. Because... Yep because Sudeikis makes me feel it anyways with Ted Lasso. Yeah. Really solid. Um, really great jump. pilot episode. You want to talk about an episode that really lets you know what the show's going to be about. Yeah. Does an excellent job. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. Even the way she just throws him into a interview yes. with every single media outlet well, that ever existed. <laughs> and it proved, and, and I mean, it's just an example of how it's much she wants him to fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she does this on purpose to make him seem like an idiot. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, he's a complete and utter idiot to these people. Yep. You know? Uh, his, so the best coaches that I ever had are a lot like Ted was the best managers I ever had are a lot like Ted was not the positivity aspect of it. Um, but he was just helpful. Sure. He never ragged on you. He never shit on you about anything. He's just like, okie dokie artichokey. How are we going to fix it? Like, <laughs> like, you know, and that's, that's a really important element of, leadership can sometimes take precedence to the skill of surrounding yourself with people that know what they need to. Yeah. yeah. And he does that. That's his strategy. Very well. In fact, this first uh, uh, interview session that he has with reporters, he kind of throws it all back in their face in, in a way by, I forget exactly what he says, but, but it's the way that he, he equates 
coaching this team to coaching an American football team. And it's his positivity and his hopefulness mm-hmm. that kind of wins over these reporters to him. Um, and we see that even more with Trent Krim with the independent. He goes on a, a on a God, I fucking love him. <laughs> no, I, he is I said, like a top tier side character. I ever said episode two uh, was one of my favorite episodes of, of the first season. Episode three is my favorite episode of the Fair first. Fair enough. Trent Krim with the independent is a treasure of a character because yeah. he's a character you can put in in any episode that can completely change the direction of where this show's going to go. Yeah, he can write a good report, a bad report. You just don't know where he's at that day. Yes, and you don't understand that yet, but the way that everybody talks about him through the first two episodes, you can tell that he's like the most important reporter that comes to these uh, AFC Richmond interview sessions. And so yeah. the fact that immediately in episode three, right off the bat in the, in the show, we get a one-on-one of Ted Lasso and Trent Crip, something that I thought would happen, but later yeah. on down the road. But Rebecca is just like, now nah, we're gonna we're gonna set this up now. We're gonna get this over. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get this over. By the way, this interview was set up because uh she tried to frame Ted Lasso mm-hmm. and Keely as to having an affair. Yeah. To kind oh of- my god. This is when Higgins starts making his noise. And it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> Anytime he has something to say that's like the truth. <laughs> Such a weird like physical comedy choice, but it works. So I love Higgins. Much. By the way, Higgins is is uh Rebecca's right-hand man. Uh, he is the like head manager of AFC Richmond and Rebecca keeps making his life hell because he in fact helped her uh, ex-husband in being in being infidelity to her and cheating mm-hmm. on her. So she keeps him around, but she's making his life really, really hectic because of it. So you she know? really comes off as a monster <laughs> to start. I mean, everyone in her life, she's just trying to get back at. Yeah, see, like, that's the thing, though. Like, is that a monster? Is that just how some people are? Right. No, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, I you start to get it. Yeah, like, it, it's such an interesting dichotomy because you get a feeling that if this horrible thing hadn't happened to Rebecca, she would not be like this. Yeah. My, uh... Those suspicions are proved true, by the way. Because once all of it comes around and, you know, apologies are made, she becomes like the most, uh, like, charitable person in the world. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. horrible things make good people do horrible things. We did not even mention one of the people that help her get there. Besides the wonderful full conversation her and keely have in episode three yes how she learned she has the naked photo out there yes <laughs> so funny keely was great in that moment but like you could see they click uh later you meet 
her childhood best friend. Um, sassy. Sassy is such so fantastic. Who, by the way, hubba hubba, wow wow, boingo boingo. Yeah, she's a fucking smoke show too. And Ted knows it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, Calls him Barbo this. Man. <laughs> let's talk about this Trent yeah. Crim episode a little bit yeah 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 <laughs> this is one of the most important yeah because uh, it all starts off with, with Crim kind of following Ted around uh, and the first thing that he's not happy with is that Ted is taking play ideas from Nate who who at this time is like um he's the equipment like manager janitor, i guess he's the equipment manager yeah the equipment manager sure absolutely <laughs> um and crim really hates that yeah <laughs> which i get i understand because why would you listen to him but also dude football is so important in europe yeah and anywhere else in the world like you don't have an equipment manager calling plays. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. not a thing. <laughs> and, and and then even more so, he's very upset with the team throwing uh, one of their players, uh, Sam Owasanya, a, a birthday party. Yeah, after, after a, the loss. After a horrible loss that they recently had. Um, and Ted says something that really irks Trent Krim. That he really doesn't care about wins and losses. And oh, right, right. this will become a major talking point for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Is and that's it, where my point of him being a leader takes yes. precedence, right? Yes. yes. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you are right. Um yep. And afterwards, they go to a a school event where Roy does some headers for his niece's class. Class, which I love. Fuck! Oh my god, dude! Roy and his niece. More oh of god, that, please. Phoebe. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> they are the best duo ever. Yeah. <laughs> Let's that. all go fuck about on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever, whenever in the second season she's drawing charcoal boobs, <laughs> she and uh, the teacher and the teacher's like, yeah, they're really accurate for some reason. Yeah, no, Phoebe's really, really a great little actress that they found. Yeah, truly spectacular little girl for sure. And her and Keely have like a really have a really good rapport. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really concerned that something's going to happen to her parents in season three, and that she's going to become like Roy's adopted daughter. Dude, I'm going to cry so hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> he's going to be the greatest dad in history. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh my god, love him. Um, yeah. Another thing he's happens here. To be- he's willing to beat up a child. He's willing to That's fight. Fair. Yeah, hit. yeah, yeah. Before we move on, there's one other thing that happens in this episode that I think sets the tone for everything else that happens. He gives all the players a gift. He gives them a book. Yes. Um, 
So every other person in the locker room is like, what is this shit? Even Roy. Roy is like, you give me a wrinkle in time. This is stupid. I don't even understand why you gave me this. And he even calls Ted out for being manipulative. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Ted like explains what the story is about. No, no, no. That's re- what's so brilliant about it is that Ted does it. Oh, it's right, right. Trent. All right, Trent. That's right. Trent yeah, yeah. comes in overhearing the conversation. Right. And Trent is the one that explains what the story is about. Yep. And then you see Roy reading this story out to his to his niece, niece CB. And he just goes. Fuck. fuck does anybody <laughs> say does anybody say fuck like roy kent says so good fuck. yeah fuck. <laughs> and he just has this epiphany of like oh this book is me <laughs> it's just it's it's i think what sets that off i think uh no sam doesn't get into that one sam reacts to the army man and the gifts uh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. very funny because of uh, Sam, who who's from Nigeria, so he thinks of American military as like terrible people, and yeah. Ted just like he can't comprehend that, but he yeah. tries to be respectful of it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, um, they they set up a lot of political commentary too. Oh my in god! Really yeah. sneaky ways, which which really comes to a head in the second season. Yeah, yeah, yep. absolutely. You're one hundred percent correct. But like, it's those small moments. You're like, oh, they were hinting at that becoming an issue. Okay. <laughs> and then you have the moment where Ted really wins over Trent, which is when they go to the the Indian restaurant, the curry restaurant. Uh, of of the the driver who picked him up from the airport, yeah, and he tells him to to make the food like he's one of the family. And the guy's like, "I hope you like spice." Um, you'll and notice throughout the whole thing, fucking kills Trent, dude. Like Trent yeah. takes one bite of it, he just pieces. <laughs> He's He's out. Yeah. He taps. Well, yeah. Well, Ted gives a really honest answer before he taps out, but he does tap out. <laughs> and Ted, he does. He, just yeah. eats it. Yep. He and then he brings him more <laughs> because he can't. And and like that is that is what wins Krim over to me. Mm-hmm. Is he sees that Ted truly cares about other people and that ted sure he might be an idiot he might not be what you want as a head football coach but at least he fucking cares people like at least he gives a shit and if he gives a shit about about making sure that his limo driver that picked him up from the airport is comfortable yeah by eating this food that is clearly causing him physical pain <laughs> yeah then brutal must also equally care about 
the team that he's coaching. Yeah. And to me, that is what wins over Trent Krim. By the time that Trent writes his uh, article about Ted Lasso, by the way, Rebecca sent this up so that way Trent Cribb would absolutely lambast and destroy Ted Lasso because British journalists are known to be the harshest journalists in the world. Instead, Trent Cribb writes an amazing endorsement. Yeah. Saying that, sure, Ted Lasso will fail, but I will not cheer when he does so. And it's so cool what they set up because the show the entire time tells you that he's going to fail. But as a viewer, you still hope that's not the case. Yeah. Right? It's consistently filling in gaps where you're like, no, that can't be right. He's an American hero. He's going to figure it out. No, he's not going to (laughs) lose. See... It's, it's, see, we'll let's skip ahead a little bit. Yeah. Um, Wherever you want. Yeah, let's talk about this dark match because this is where this is where things like came to a head to me about like the setup of this show. Later on, mm-hmm. um, we find out that uh, Rebecca's ex-husband, uh, whatever his name is. Rupert. Rupert, yes. Rupert. Uh, also buys in some shares because of his new hot young wife. And they come into a game of darts where <sighs> if Ted wins, then he can't sit in the owner's box. But if Rupert wins, then he gets to pick the starting lineup for the last two games of the season. Yep. And this is where it comes to me that this show is interested in us seeing Ted win small victories but leading up to big losses yep because this was that's a, a good point and that's what this this was the moment where i realized that they would not win their big match at the end of the season. Yeah. This is when I realized. This is when I realized that they were going to lose. Because that loss, in many ways, is way less important than this win to this show. Yeah. Because this win of Ted beating Rupert in these darts is more important to the character growth of Ted and Rebecca. Oh yeah. Then if the because and 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 because of that, the loss to Man City at the end of the season is more important than them winning at that game. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Uh, because it puts kind of the onus on Rebecca, right? Yes. Of like, okay, I got what I wanted, but is that actually what I wanted now? Yes. Yes. You know, and it's really, it's a great way to set up the continuation of what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, 
and, and to flip and to flip Rebecca on her head. Yeah. This entire time, all she wants is for Ted Lasso to fail. Mm-hmm. But now she's like seeing that even like I don't know, man. She wants him to fail, and then she sees who he is. Yeah. Just like everybody else, just like Trent Krim. She spends yep. a little bit of time with him. She spends a little bit of moments with him, and she sees somebody that she herself could get behind and respect. Yeah, and she sees the vision he has for the team. And the fact that he fucking gives it to her ex-husband as well. Oh, man. What a good... I love a good, um, you know, throw-off when it comes to anything. Good setup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was just a really excellent one because I was like, oh, okay. He's probably decent. But uh, oh, when Rupert he pulls, in, pulls his own darts out. <laughs> and, but then the opposite of that, whenever Ted pulls the old princess bride. Yeah. <laughs> it reveals that he's not right-handed. Yeah. <laughs> and then just lays it out. He's like, well, you know, I was always out with my dad. And uh, we played every Sunday. Which, by the way, amazing setup for what we're find gonna find out in season two, because he says that he played with him every day until he was sixteen. Oh, you're right. Oh man, I did not even link that the end of that line together. Amazing, you're right. Oh my gosh, amazing setup. Yeah. Because immediately in my head, I was thinking, well, what happened when he was 16? I thought that his dad just left the family. That's what I always thought, too. Yeah. And then, Very we, well, find first out time. This, then we find out, you know, going through it, season two, what really happened. And man, what an amazing <sighs> setup. What an amazing one sentence setup line for, for something major <laughs> about season two. Incredible. Great, great writing. Great. Now you can. Writing. For me, you can say, you know, the comedy elements are the comedy elements. Some are going to stick with you, some aren't, right? But those are the moments that are not wasted lines, right? Yeah. Uh, And I love when you're watching a show and something's said and it clicks in your brain that I should remember that. Yes. That seems important. And Even that, though it's not like hitting me in the face. Yeah, and that was exactly one of those moments to me. Yeah. Um, exactly one it's, of those It's moments. not a surprise to me that he's able to do that. Uh, to expand on Ted with that, what he did with his growth in the second season is more fascinating to me than anything. Because yeah. personally, granted different situations, okay. right? But what the second season teaches anyone that watches it is everybody deals with different problems at different levels. Yeah. But they can be the same reaction. Yeah. You know, me hitting my toe could be just as bad as someone else finding out one of their family members got injured in the hospital because that's how people react to things. Um, and it takes Ted so long to accept that it's okay. He has some negativity in him. Yeah. Um, it's, oh, I cried so many times. <laughs> Anytime 
anytime he got emotional about that when you find him laying on that couch the first time just having the largest meltdown you could have yeah i'm pretty sure you were there one night when i was having one of those panic attacks oh for sure um those types of like that hit home i knew what that felt like laying in the bed not knowing what to do um that was hard and i can see that it was hard for ted yes the authenticity is so off so so good well then Uh, you and then you see and then it, it just brings in so much work with him because you now understand why he wants his marriage to work out so hard you now understand why he constantly wants to be in communication with his son and now you get so many reasonings as why he doesn't want to quit why he doesn't want to 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 leave people why he's afraid of people leaving him without saying goodbye you just mm-hmm. understand so much about him. And he was the one that found his dad. And he's the one that Dude, the scars. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. And I'll tell I you can't what, imagine. I, I really did not appreciate. If there's one thing about this series that I think was not handled well, it's the conversation where he's talking about that and Rebecca's talking about walking in on her dad cheating on uh on her mom okay tell me yeah. more not the same people oh i'm with you yeah not the same i understand that to these characters these are the most traumatic two moments in their lives that mm-hmm. completely and utterly set them up to be the people that they are today as we're watching them you know 30 years later in their lives but I don't know, dude, to to equate death to walking into your dad having sex with somebody else. Like you said, people handle things different ways. Yeah. But that's not the same. No, and I'm with you. I'm I think with that, you. And, and I do not think, because of that, neither of these moments hit the emotional height that i think they were trying for in fact i think that it cheapens uh uh the the conversation between rebecca and her mother and i think that it also lessens the the conversation between ted and the therapist solid point yeah it it is it's a little awkward yeah and then the way it was an awkward is moment. just like so weird. The way that they edit it together is just like so unbecoming and so it completely yeah. completely took me out of the episode. Like having them finish each other's words and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm with you. She goes up and she's she especially there's this one moment where she's talking about sneaking in to like sneak out a bottle of wine or something and then she says she says and then I heard a and Ted says, bang! And then it cuts right back to Rebecca. Yeah. And she's walking into the, like, it, 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 complete and utter disassociation from both stories to me at this point. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I can see where you get there. Um, I have a request. Yes. Let's talk 
about the soccer players, the actual players on the team. You mean because their boys. charisma together, the boys and unity. Oh, the boys, baby. Let's talk about the boys. Uh, yeah, let so so the so season one we have Roy Kent who is our uh, uh, team captain. Yep. Um, he is known as a box to box midfielder. Do you know what that means? He only plays in the middle of the field. <laughs> That's about all I know. <laughs> and he can uh, uh he can assist on both sides. Yeah, yeah. He's like the one character that you can't call off sides to in a in right. soccer. Um, but then we got a new young player from Nigeria, Sam Obasanya. So we have uh, Isaac McAdoo, who who is interesting. He's fun. Yeah, I will talk about him for sure. Yeah. We have Colin Hughes. We have Rich. We have Zora. <laughs> Everybody yeah. keeps on going. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> you. We have oh. your boy Danny Rojas as well. Football is life. Football is and life. Football is also death. <laughs> but it is also mostly life. <laughs> oh yeah, let's talk about him. Uh, the the yeah. series begins with a major uh, rivalry going on between Roy Kent and Jamie Jamie Tart. Jamie Tart being the uh, young, like, prodigy player of the it's team. It's your basic formula, right? They oh, did yeah. a great job. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. you're you instantly like, okay, they it. both hate each other's guts. This is <laughs> one of those things where where you have to understand that this is just storytelling, baby. Yeah. Uh, so, side tangent on that. Yes. I, granted, it's it's an expected thing, but I connect well with what they did because I had this with a kid I played with when I was younger. We, I hated him. He was the my least favorite teammate of all time. I won't say his name because this will be out there. But <laughs> at one point, he told me in the middle of a game after I gave up a breakaway, we were down like, seven and nothing or something at this point we were getting our asses kicked and he comes back and goes you should have saved that and i went bro they went through five of you to get to me and you're gonna blame me okay (laughs) so he started skating away and i two-handed swung my goalie stick at his head i was pissed i was so angry at him like he thought he was the bee's fucking knees in hockey, and he so could you, not play a lick. You tried to commit attempted murder on him. Yes. Yes, I did. It happened. Same way it happens in the show when they're on the field. That shit went down, and I understood. So I knew where this was going immediately. I knew we'd get a moment like that that they eventually lead to. Uh, I liked it. It's a good growth in characters for both of them. Were you, uh, yeah, I guess it's a little different, huh? There was, as of there, were you the veteran player or the the new guy? Oh, no. I, so that's the thing. We were, we have had both been playing like around the same time frame, like length of time. Yeah. But he was always shitty. 
And I was always on good teams. So like I knew there was a gap there sure. between skill level. And he always thought he was better. And I just refused to let him know that. I was like, you cannot think you're that good, dude. <laughs> There's no way. Is your dad telling you this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you know, in the show, it's opposite, right? Roy has to teach Jamie that, yeah, you can be that great. But we need you to do other things. Yeah, we need you to to be a team player. One of the first things that he gets on him about is how shitty uh, Jamie treats uh, uh, Nate. Yeah. You know, uh, he, he brings up that if other players sees Jamie bully Nate around, that makes them think that they can also bully Nate around. And there's an important factor to this. Yeah. They don't do this out of their own motivation. A majority of the time, Ted is the one that sets those things in motion. Yes. Uh, and that's a really important thing to remember as these moments are happening. Well, and I'll tell you what's even what, what, one of my favorite subtle things about the show is the looks that Coach Beard and Ted give each other <laughs> when they realize that like the player listened to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beard we'll talk about beard beard's gonna have his own section i think he needs to have we need to have a longer form there but um but yeah like those throughout it um roy throughout it by the way brett goldstein who uh uh, plays roy uh wrote episode five and as well as uh won an emmy for his portrayal of the character he wrote the lead up to diamond dogs i didn't know that yeah, he wrote the lead up to Dice. By the way, everybody needs their own Diamond Dogs. Yeah. We have the Square Cats. <laughs> we- <laughs> Me, Steve, and then our other two friends were the Square Cats. So whenever oh. we're like, hey, we Square Cats hanging out this weekend? <laughs> you guys yeah. all meow, 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 meow. Yeah, yeah, we will, yeah. <laughs> It's because of this show. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, we see Roy really... W- throughout the first season, all we hear from people, uh, uh, these reporters that are on the show and teammates, is that Roy has lost. And so yeah. Ted has to come up with a way to let... Roy know that he still has his back, but for the best of the team, he has to step down and not be first fielder. Yeah. You know, and it's this sad. is where Keeley comes in. You know, because Keeley, and there's a moment I think in, in episode three or four where Keely and Roy have an interaction outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mocking him. She does. And, she does an impersonation. Yeah. And that's whenever <laughs> I realize that they're going to end up together. Yeah. They yeah. don't tell. They don't tell. They, they telegraphed everything. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again. It worked. <laughs> there's room for entertainment for predictability. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. 
It's in fact yeah. well. It was a cute moment. Yeah, because it's fun. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's the Bill Lawrence effect, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he ends up giving up his his coaching duties to a teammate named Isaac McAdoo. Now, I think that this is really important and really interesting because McAdoo is not a character that we spend like any time with in season one. And so not really. And so what this tells me, which I personally loved, is that there is an entire story going on that we never see because we yeah. don't spend much time with the actual soccer itself. It's genius. It's brilliant. Because it's, it's a so show funny. about football, but it's not, doesn't matter. The football doesn't matter. Exactly, dude. It's so, <laughs> it's so fucking brilliant because of like, because he could have given it to any footballer that we've spent time with. And you expect it to be someone like a Sam, right? Right. The upcoming you, leader. And, and in my and in my mind, I was thinking that, but then I was thinking, man, but but Sam's too young. Yeah. But it wouldn't make sense if it was anybody but Sam. Right. Because they don't really set up anybody else on the team that's a leader. You're not giving it to Jamie. No. Well, by this point, <laughs> Jamie's gone. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. That's right. Uh. And so the fact that we give it to somebody that isn't, I don't want to say not important in the show because they are important on the show, but let's say more important on the, on the football field than what we're seeing through the lens of, of Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. I think that is such smart shit right there. Yeah. It's such smart shit right there. It sets up so much storytelling. Yeah. It's really, it's such an easy way of doing something. And it it's um his reaction when he actually gets the captain patch. He's he's just in shock. Yeah. <laughs> he's like absolutely. What? Oh, this was happening? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't he, know like, you had no the idea that he was even in the running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I, he doesn't even know that Rory wasn't supposed to be the captain. Like he thought he was going out there. <laughs> so, uh, really nice, nice addition to it. Uh, um, it makes after, you wonder. And to bring in, uh, finally, we'll talk about Danny Rojas, ah. the Redman. <laughs> uh, he gets brought in from Mexico uh, about midway through the first season. <clears throat> Uh, to kind of help out uh, Jamie Tart, but almost immediately Jamie Tart gets pulled away from Richmond. Man City takes out, mm-hmm. uh, takes back their contract, as Ted Lasso thinks. Well, so that's an interesting time because Ted is trying to teach a lesson, not necessarily for the better of the team, by taking Jamie out of games. Yes. So Man City's like, fine, we'll take him back. If you're not going to play him you're not helping him get better um but that's you know that's the focus on is winning more important um well and then also i think that like the focus really is to bring to make jamie more part of the team yep and and he finally has the breakthrough 
because they do a ritual to cleanse their trainer's room of spirits. Yeah, yeah. Mention, by the way, I wanted to Such a fun episode. If you, like, tonight had to throw in something to a burning barrel to alleviate a room of spirits, what would you throw in? Well, what's it related to? I have so many things. It has just like the episode sets up. It has to be oh. something important to you. Like so, like a curse on a locker room. Yeah, it's the exact okay. same situation. Okay, all right. The exact um, same situation as in the show. Curse room. You have to get away the curse, but in order to do so, you have to throw in something <laughs> to the burn pit that is important mm-hmm. to you. Okay, it's easy. So the second or third season that I played goalie, um, after I had taken over that position, my first team, we won- We lost in the finals that year. Uh, but I still got MVP. Oh. Uh, and I remember my uncle, I-, I still remember this to this day, there was a goalie for the Flyers that also did that in the Stanley Cup finals. Okay. So I thought that was just the coolest fucking thing that I had ever done. Even though I lost, I still was the MVP. Like that was a high for me. Yeah. Right? And that's it's awesome. actually now that we're talking about it, it's pretty much what this show was. We went all the way there and we still lost. Yeah. But it's fine. <laughs> like I remember it fondly. You know, I look back, I was like 7 or 8. It's not that big a deal that we lost. Who cares? Yeah. Like no one no one else knows that ever happened. Yeah, and <laughs> so. it probably was better for you to lose. <laughs> oh, man, when I finally won. Oh, yeah. I lost one in a shootout. That was the most heartbreaking finals I ever lost. Damn. We went through overtime twice and then a shootout. And that's brutal. What got I you. cried so hard. <laughs> I cried so hard. You fucked up. You fuck. What about you? What are you throwing in there? Oh man, great question. Uh let's see. So I'm thinking about anything I have that is like sports related. So nothing. (laughs) Oh, um, I have a do you remember my ping pong paddle from college that was like I do. Yeah, that that was yours so much that was like falling apart and that the like grip on the one side was like non-existent yep. and the other <laughs> side was pretty much like non-existent like it was guys if you were to hold this ping pong paddle it was you would have felt like it was like busted <laughs> it was <laughs> so run down and destroyed the handle was held together with electric tape like the 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 little bumps on the one side had become hard and rough and like some of it was like shaving off but that was my paddle and i used it all the time and i fucking whooped ass with that thing yep and it and and some of my most fondest memories of playing table tennis was with that paddle and and two of the tournaments that I won in in college I used with that paddle. Nice. Um, 
and I know I have it. I, I, I have it downstairs in the basement. I think it would be that. I think okay. it would be my ping pong paddle. But yeah. it was so, so important. So back to our boy Danny, right? Yes. He comes in. Their ultimate goal is to have two aces. They yes. need two prime goal scorers, top of the level. As I mentioned before, Danny Rojas, his actual human character in real life, was a professional so he knows what the hell he's doing anyway yeah absolutely. he comes in That's with a lot of so, skill how brilliant is that to to I, we we already kind of talked about it but how brilliant is that to bring in actual yeah. footballers it does it the, the show's format would have changed so much because you wouldn't have really been able to show anything yeah um yeah. oh he you was know, a bartender in no way home oh okay just throw nice. that out there. <laughs> it's so you know what? That's like such an interesting career change, right? That's like uh what's it, Ken Ken Wong? Is that his yeah. name? Like he's a doctor in real life. Maybe not now. I don't know if he oh, still Ken keeps Jenny. up with it. Huh? Who is that Ken? What's his name? Uh, John? I know. Ken John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh but yeah, like Ken it's John, so neat right. to hear stuff like that where like, oh well, I was this. But I took a really big left turn. And I decided to act instead. <laughs> okay, um, great. Let's do that. Uh, he... And he's peppy, and he's like excited, and he's so excited to have this amazing scene with Jamie Tart, where they will have a a shootout against the soccer post. But the goal, but the contest is to hit the top bar. But they both are looking at it in a totally different way, right? He's it's just amazing. like, oh, this is fun. Yay, let's have a little competition. How often do I talk about like some of my favorite things in television or, or movies? Like my favorite things is whenever two people are having a conversation about two completely different things. Yeah. And that's what's happening here. Cause cause because Danny thinks this is like the funnest thing in the world. And Jamie Tart's like, this motherfucker's trying to take my spot. Yep. But to Danny, it's all just disco. It's all just a fun game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I hit the post. Cool. Yeah. Oh, lucky first try, <laughs> or something <laughs> like he says. I don't remember, but yeah. Uh, Beginner's he, luck. He was granted. There's so many characters, right? He was my favorite character. Um, I liked his little small arc they gave him. Uh, to like, he almost was, for me what they were trying to do with Ted for a bit where they were trying to make him less positive and he almost has a similar way about him but by the time his arc's done he's become a little more grounded yeah because and he understands he more through, he goes through like real tragedy and has to overcome it. And the fact that what does he do, chocolate bear? Well okay let's fucking talk <laughs> let's about just it. jump into that <laughs> So the beginning of season two has one of the best fucking epic openings I've ever seen in it's, any season of television. It's ballsy. It's fucking ballsy, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Because people, this is what happens whenever you understand that chaos runs the universe, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Daddy's lining up a a penalty kick 
and he's going for it. But at the same time, a butterfly runs in front of their, their mascot greyhound who runs at the butterfly and in trying to eat the butterfly jumps up to get the butterfly in its mouth. Well, at the same time, Danny Rojas is kicking his penalty kick and the ball torpedoes and snipe shoots right into the fucking skull of the gray. Oh my God. So traumatic. And it kills the fucking dog. Uh, it kills the dog and i can only assume he goes on to miss the next shot because they tie so <laughs> but well, i think of that yeah 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 no i think yeah. that was the bitch like, like i think that was it like he doesn't get a do-over they didn't give him a do-over i assume they give him a do-over a no, dog got dude, in the way did not oh my god it's uh it's like it's just something that you don't expect, and that really—it was, was so, oh, it was amazing. It felt at the time while watching it, it almost felt misplaced in Ted Lasso. Yeah, it almost and like they even did it in that slow mo that Bill Lawrence loves so much. Oh my god! And it just added drama to a moment that <laughs> they didn't need to. So fucking funny, um. Well, this sends Danny into like a bad downward spiral and he cannot get out of it. So uh, Higgins brings in a Dr. Sharon Fieldstone played by uh, Sarah Niles, who I loved in this season. I Mm -hmm. really hope that she at least comes back in a recurring role in future seasons because I really, really enjoyed her. I hope so. Yeah, she was a great straight man in this show of like weird characters. Yeah. You have to have them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doesn't work. And and the fact that she comes in is kind of like set up concept wise as like an antagonist to Ted, because at the beginning, I think that Ted really doesn't like the idea of people not coming to him with their problems. Like he wants to be the problem solver in people's lives. And so the fact yeah. that, she comes in and is able to fix the problems that he can't is what really irks him at the beginning about her. Yeah. His, his leadership style doesn't work with everyone and he's learning that. Yes. And man, the fact that he, she actually can help Danny is huge for the team, but equally huge to Ted because after the help that um, uh, Danny receives other players start going to to Sharon instead. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they keep her on the whole season. Yes, yes, and and that's how we figure out a lot of these secrets that Ted has been holding on to. Yep, you know, especially with his his father's uh, uh suicide and. And Danny is the catalyst of this. In fact, through the rest of the season until the very last episode, we do not see him try for a penalty kick. Nope. They don't really show him playing much. No, he's like don't. he it seems like he's not very confident at all and just not doing anything that too helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it's really, really interesting for whenever the uh the egotistical and you know 
often evil himself, Jamie Tart, gives up his spot in the penalty kick for for Danny. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Where do you want to question? Okay, we've hit the end of Danny. Still my favorite, but I we still need to hit Jamie's story beard, and we need to hit um uh, Rebecca. Yes. So and, where do you want to start? And Nate. And Nate, yeah. We have to talk yeah. about Nate at least a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He 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 to me was one of the more like straightforward characters the entire time. Well, yeah, that's like kind of the problem because you can see everything that's happening to him a mile away. Yeah. You know, uh that's yeah. we're already talking about. Let's talk. We'll about get into it. it. Let's do that so, now. Nate being the equipment manager uh, at the end of season one and after being really put up on a pedestal by Ted Lasso. I mean, he comes in as a meek sort of character, but finds that confidence from Ted Lasso and really becomes like a protege Mm -hmm. to, to Ted. Um, culminating at the end of season one with him getting a, a becoming an assistant coach, which everybody's yep. down for, everybody loves. Yeah, he assistant. gives a great speech in the first season yeah. while, while oh! he's still an equipment manager. Yes, that Ted's like, This is an important speech, but you're gonna deliver it because he's too afraid to say it out loud and write some note. Yes, 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 um, you are right. That's kind of the moment where Ted's like, All right, we're gonna make him a coach. Yeah, and he just calls players out. Freaking when Roy steps, when Roy stands up after he says his name, the whole locker room is just like, "Oh God, careful, Nate!" (laughs) And they go out (laughs) and win that match. And he did it. (laughs) And 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 that was I love that because that was the uh, that was the first time that they won in that arena in forty years or something. Yep. And amazing scene, and and uh, no, it was. It was like over 70 years. I mean, whatever it was. 72 something. Yeah, Yeah, it it was was crazy. They never beat that I mean, 72 is also over 40, by the way. Uh, (laughs) I'm just saying. It's mathematically wise. It was a a very high number of years. It was wild. (laughs) The fact that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we see throughout season two, Nate, Nate is the most in development character that we see in the show he is pissing in everyone's cheerios in the second season yeah and he is the (laughs) one that is actively changing the most yeah you know because he's starting to get this this confidence from being the the assistant coach that slowly becomes arrogant yeah you know where he starts spitting on himself in the mirror (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah him getting that table is kind of that turn for him yeah you're like oh i can do that right uh, he's like by oh, the I way done this before this we jump time. into before we continue rebecca's getting big like a vampire one oh, of my yeah. favorite parts in the whole entire show <laughs> yeah, i was watching that i was like oh this is why patrick <laughs> loves this woman huh yeah Oh my god, she's so wonderful at that. But yes, Nate gets his table. He be, kind of becomes, like I said, he pisses in everyone's Cheerios the whole season. He's the yeah. best one. And he starts bullying the players. Oh, um, poor Colin. 
Poor Colin. Yeah, poor. He did Colin. nothing and, and, wrong. Poor new equipment manager too. You know they yeah. calls an emergency play Ugh. in season two, and he becomes the talk of the football world. Uh, whenever he misspeaks, and instead of saying Wunderkind, uh huh, he refers to himself as the Wonderkind. Yeah, which as a you know grown it's a great nickname man. I could understand how he would be embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. But also, uh, as me being Mundo, Wonder Kid is a fucking great nickname. Like, it's yeah, really good. Yeah. See, that's the problem, yeah. man, is that through, because of the first season of everybody shitting on Nate, he can't fathom that people are being earnest and sincere whenever they call him something. They yeah. can't fathom that whenever they're calling him Wonderkid, they are complimenting him. Yep. Because of the way that he was so poorly treated in season one, right? Yeah. Um, he and also... That's, that's like why he goes through this horrible transformation. He's yeah. sick of being the butt of everyone's joke. However, this thing that he he referred to him himself as... Yeah. He, it isn't a joke. People actually respect him and 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 like the fact that he's a wonder kid. And man, whenever they get him that jersey, whenever the gaffer gets him that jersey that says Wonder Kid One on it, he takes it as a sharp sign of disrespect. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> and and threatens the kid with it. You know, tells him yeah. if he does anything to embarrass him again. He'll make his life a living hell and not understanding that it was completely sincere. Yep. Um, so one of the mornings that follow that, there's a theme in the second season that was hinted at in the first season, but not really gotten into too deep is fathers. Yes. Boy, this were there show, some great stories. This show is a, is is a series about fathers. Oh my god, Sam's dad, the yes. sweetest freaking guy. Until Fully supportive starts shelling out for a corporation that's destroying Nigerian uh, uh, ecosystem. Yes, but I think he knows that Sam does care about those things, so I think it makes sense. Yeah, all right? I think of that happened there is that he's letting Sam know, hey, do your research a little bit next time. Right. I, yeah, agreed. That I the agree. other dads are total hell. Total dickheads. Yeah, like, oh, Jamie we'll get Tart's to Jamie because he's my favorite dad in the show. Who's? Jamie's dad. Oh, yeah. Um, fuck right Not off. favorite for a good reason. Yeah. But man, course. was that a character. Yeah. Uh, and that also will bleed into Beard. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like his conversation, conversation with his dad at the table where his dad gives him the warning of don't get an ego about it oh yeah uh right dad yeah yeah um because he knows his dad read the newspaper and his ads there like they wrote the article about him yeah and the dad doesn't really recognize it he just says don't get too big for your britches you made one call <laughs> which is great not... advice yeah right which also, dude, you could have been like, I'm proud of you, but 
but that's not his dad, right? His dad's right. an ass. Exactly. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm and that's why he's like, also a piece one, of shit. Guys, like one sentence, one half sentence can change a statement from negative to positive. All he yeah. had to say was, you did good this time. Don't let it get to your head. And it, yeah. and, and that makes, that's a positive statement. However, just saying don't let it get to your head is a negative statement. Yeah. You know? Uh, it's the intricacies of what Bill Lawrence has done throughout his career in different shows. In many right? ways, he it feels like... He knows where to take words up. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. In many yep. ways, it feels like the combination of his scripting. Yeah. Like, he knows where words should fit to get the reaction he needs. Yeah. And, and where they don't. And he understands uh, the characters that he's helped create. Yeah. Uh, I mean, eventually, right, Nate goes full downward spiral. Full downward uh, spiral. Nate, you have to learn how to read a room. Yeah. Okay? He yells at everybody. Listen, like, you have to learn how to read a room. And because we get the most awkward part in the of of the series the most awkward moment in the show where Keely and him go sh- shopping oh, yeah and Keely's telling him that if you want something you should just take it yeah <laughs> just go for it and not ask for permission or don't know, look at the price tag <laughs> And the entire time I'm like, oh my god, no. Buying a suit. You're giving the wrong advice. You're not saying this to the right person. You can't do this. (laughs) You let him know that you're on his level. He's gonna take it. And he tries, dude. He fucking goes in. Gentlemen and ladies, we've all been there. We've all misread a a situation. (laughs) But here's the thing, right? The worst part's not that he does this. The worst part is that Roy sees zero threat in the fact that he did this. <laughs> but Jamie not kissing her is worse. You are 100% yep. because he is, because Roy Kent was, because <laughs> he talks about, he talks about how, how Jamie confessed his love. We're transitioning to Jamie. Let's do it. <laughs> He convinces he confesses that Jamie confessed his love to Keely at Rebecca's dad's funeral. Right? Yeah. And people's reaction were like, you hit him, you headbutt him, you kill him. And he says, worse. I, I forgave him. Forgave him. <laughs> you know? And, and the whole room's in shock. And Nate steps up. And he's like, I have a confession too. And me and Beard are thinking the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, me and Beard think that he's going to come clean to to going to Trent Pratt. Mm-hmm. Instead, he brings up how he went in and kissed Keely. <laughs> and Roy's like, yeah, I know about that. It's fine. Don't, don't even think about it. Don't even worry about it, buddy. <laughs> and his reaction is like, wait a second, you... Just said you wanted to kill Jamie over talking to her. I kissed her on the mouth. And Roy's just like, yeah, I know, dude. It's okay. It happens. We he says 
he says we all make mistakes. Yeah. And that's, I think, what gets him. Yeah. Because everybody is seeing Nate going after Keeley as a mistake. Yeah. He's not on her level. And he isn't. No, he's, he very mean, much is not. And I don't even mean, like, look-wise. Like, yeah, she's a no. fucking bombshell, and he isn't. But, like, mentally. No, no, she is leaps and bounds ahead of him. Conceptually, he is not there yet. Yeah. You know? There's, there's a lot of that in this show. There's of a people of being at different levels in life. You're 100% correct. And Nate can't comprehend that that's where they're apart. I think that people or see them not together because um, of his looks and that he's childish and that he's this wonder mm-hmm. kid, right? When in reality, people are like, she's way too mature for you, dog. Yeah, like she's with Roy for a reason. Yeah, like Roy, who's <laughs> literally the hottest and most, oh my God. And the most hottest and most confident dude in the world. Yeah. You know, um, like yeah, you don't stand so a true. chance. Nobody fucking stands a chance against Roy Kent. I'm just throwing that out there. No, there's not a single wants person it. in the world that stands a chance against Roy Kent. No, uh, yeah, He's absolutely He's wonderful. There. He's every fucking where. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we mentioned another character. I want to transition. All you need to know is that eventually Nate does exactly what you think and he leaves Richmond to go coach another team uh, related to team. Rebecca's situation yeah. Rupert's ex but yeah. buys a new team which, uh, which so he becomes the villain three because oh. now you have a team that knows all of Ted yeah. Lasso's surprise offenses yep he's got to become a good coach yeah, this is right? really excited to see. I'm really excited to see because there's going to be a moment in season three where Nathan realizes that the only reason that he was hired is to get back at Rebecca. Yeah. And I'm really excited for that. Uh, I do. You know what? I'll give over. Let's do a what hopes for season three at the end. Yeah. A little short absolutely. bit. Uh, but we kind of got into him. Jamie F. and Tart. Yes. I want to focus on the dad, but if you have other things you want to talk about, we can. I think that's the main portion of who Jamie is. Well, I think that it's but, really interesting. I mean, it's related to father figures. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that Jamie feels so uh, betrayed by Ted Lasso. Yeah. I think yep. that is like the most telling part of it. And and uh, and of course it it relates back to his father. Because, well, he had a father figure finally, yeah, one that, that cared really to tell cared him he was it, effing up, that wanted to make sure that he was doing okay. And yeah. you know, whenever whenever he sees that video of Ted being like, "Well, I hope that Jamie goes out there and kills it, and, and he does really well." And right even before the game, he's like, "Good luck, Jamie," giving him thumbs up. And he yeah. he's so in his own head that he can't see that Ted's being sincere and that Ted is legitimately wants him. Just like Higgins said, a a great mentor knows that you'll move on. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and Jamie thinks that 
Ted got rid of him instead of Rebecca finagling to get rid of him. Yeah. And so I think that that's a really good place to start, um, especially at the end of that that major match in, in, at the end of the first season, where instead of going for the goal himself, Jamie passes it on to a teammate, and the teammate makes the goal, you know? Yep, but they win the game because he makes the play. Right, and that he's the one that drove that <laughs> ball all the way to the other end. Yep. You know? And then to have his father back there. Oh, man. I wanted to hurt this dude myself. <laughs> That's how much I hated him. Yeah, but... this guy, fantastically <laughs> written character because it, because you fucking hate him. The, from the first second you meet him. Yeah. Uh, but more importantly with the dad. And this is not specific to the story. This is specific to what they did with him. Now... You know, last year, House of Dragons comes out, right? And we touted how well they did the young to old characters. Yeah. They had little things that the dad did and the way he talked and moved hit like his upper lip when he would say a snarky-ass comment. Yes. Exactly how Jamie would. Yes. And you see it again when he's in the bigger episode later. Yeah, they're but in man, like... It yeah. makes you feel like it's legit. This is dad and son, and this dad is an ass. You hate it, dude. Oh. Because by this point, by that point, Jamie's almost complete almost completed his redemptive arc. Almost. Almost. He's <laughs> come back to Richmond. He's asked people for forgiveness. The one of the best scenes in the whole series is whenever all the African players have put over the black tape over the Dubai Air on their jerseys, and the first yeah. English player to do it yeah. is Jamie Tart. And when Sam gives him a look, all he says is we're teammates and we support each other. And that's whenever and, this... and that and that's like so sincere. Like that's such a great moment, not just for Jamie. But, like, to bring it back to the characters. Yeah. Um, and this is also, I really liked that little moment as well for a different reason. And it's because that's how guys communicate. Oh, yeah. Guys aren't good at words. Yeah. Right? But they'll do something and you'll share a look and it's like, fucked up, man. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it again. Little, little head nod. <laughs> Yeah, like that's all you really need, and I really like that they kept it very subdued like that. Yeah, because you know, it, like you don't expect them the to have it. At the beginning, he's like trying these over uh, ways of winning the boat. At one point, he's like, "Oh, yeah. I'll just buy them all PS 5s Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, "That's called buying affection." He's like, "Yeah, and it works. I'll do it. It's okay." <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. But it isn't oh. until he does this emotional thing that you you really god i love that moment and, and, and yeah it's great it felt very earth yeah you know and then next thing you know they go on a, on a slight winning streak however they meet up with man city again and they get fucking demolished they got wrecked <laughs> demolished it was horrible and back comes jamie tart's father yeah and there was a moment where i thought Coach Beard was going to stab him. 
Oh my god, man! He is, he is the way that. Let me see what episode was this exactly? Because I want to give shouts out for sure. Um, um, I'm gonna find it. Let's see, because I want to give shouts out to the Mad City episode eight of, yep. of season two, directed by uh, Matt Lipsy, who does not have a Wikipedia page. Uh, written by Jamie Lee, who does have a Wikipedia page. Um, okay. <laughs> the way that Beard is framed <sighs> during uh, uh, Jamie's dad's like diatribe is art. It's how you film things. Because he's not the focus. Because he's yeah. a background character. But he still is there and you can still see him and all of his reactions. He's that character throughout though, right? He's always the observer and then he speaks up when he has to. Yeah. And it, it's like comes to the head right here. Like, yeah, it's amazing seeing his because you oh. oh my god there were so many times when when sure jamie's dad was the one that was talking but my eyes were focused on beard because yeah this dude knew it was coming yeah <laughs> and if jamie wasn't going to be the one to swing on on his dad beard man would. that part and beard's the one me. that throws him out of the locker room and he and I even like that they use corny lines, right? It's like, watch the door. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that whole little moment, right? Like, to think to hit your father is a really big thought. Yeah. You don't hit your dad. Um, Jamie getting to that point was what he needed. Yeah. And then Beard knew that it was important to protect Jamie in this situation because he might have killed his dad if he had to. Like yeah, he, he probably would have. Back. His dad wanted the fight. Oh yeah, he wanted yep. that smoke. And Beard steps yeah. in and takes him away, and then something even more amazing happens. Roy steps in. Oh. Dude, I I wasn't crying until Roy does what he does. Roy steps in. Oh. And Roy you think embraces Jamie? Oh. Jamie, I mean, it's just like I was watching this. Oh. And I was like, damn this this show out of nowhere just became Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, all right. And, show, it and it does it again. It does it again later this season. It becomes Goodwill Hunting. It's it's really good. <laughs> Do you know uh, the second time it becomes Goodwill Hunting? No. So I didn't at, put that together at all. <laughs> so um um at the end there, whatever Sharon and Ted are at the bar and mm -hmm. He sends over a beer with a note that says goodbye on it because Sharon left him a letter that said goodbye. Yeah. So Ted leaves her a letter that says goodbye. And she says, son of a bitch stole my move. Yeah. Which is yeah. exactly what Robin Williams says as the last line of Goodwill Hunting 
whenever uh, uh, Matt Damon leaves him a note saying, I appreciate the job offer, but I got to go see about a girl, which is what Robin Mm. Williams did to uh, marry his wife earlier in the movie. I totally forgot about that. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. Google Hunting is one of my favorite movies of all time. So whenever something like that happens, red red light in my eyes and I love it, you know? Yep. So Jamie becomes good. Everything is all good with him going forward, right? Um, I really like that arc. Great arc. But we mentioned the man of the hour, I think, for you. Well, hold Um, on. Before we get to him, let's just talk about Rebecca a little bit. You want to do Rebecca first. Okay, we want to do Beard last. I want to save my favorite for last. Okay, all right. I'm good. Let's hit Rebecca. (laughs) Um, So let's do it. What do you got? I love the change of character that we see from season one to season two, Rebecca. Yeah. I really do. Really strong. Yeah. Uh, Especially because, as I've already stated, the fact that she starts out as literally the antagonist of this series. Mm-hmm. She's literally the bad guy here. Yep, the whole and, first season, <laughs> and it's through her relationship with with mainly Keely. Yeah, but also Ted and Higgins. Freaking Higgins! Yeah, oh man, Dude, <laughs> the whole season. second season he never has an office. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous what a like a good running gag <laughs> it's a brilliant running gag it's a yeah. brilliant running gag you never um, know where he's gonna be working out of every episode and he's like meek and afraid of her the entire time but at, but come the end of the second season he's become so supportive of ted mm-hmm. that he can't comprehend sabotaging him anymore Nope. He loves him. And he, he loves he, him. He thinks he's and great. Bees knees. Bees knees. You're absolutely right. And Rebecca <laughs> cannot get there. Because yeah. she's so blinded by her rage and 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 her hatred for her ex-husband. And it isn't until Keely figures it all out and threatens to tell Ted. That mm-hmm. she's been sabotaging him the entire time. That we see real change and real growth in Rebecca. Yeah. Um, and it it really hits her when she tells the truth and Ted's just like, all right, it's fine. Yeah. It's already I, happened. Like, I forgive and, you. <laughs> and, and and that's like super important because she doesn't because Ted doesn't open up himself to to no. anybody. So nobody knows that he's also going through a divorce like she is mm-hmm. until this yeah. moment when he, he tells her, you know, divorce makes us do a lot of crazy things. Yeah. You know, it and, gives them the common ground finally to understand. And um, even before that man city match, he, he goes up to her and he just says, if you do what you think is best for the team. Yeah. And if that means getting rid of me, then we're done. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know? And- well, you know, I think he feels like he accomplished 
emotionally thinks he had to. Yes. Right? Like, the divorce is kind of finalized. He knows what's going on. And, but as a viewer, you know, he still hasn't accepted things. He just thinks he has. He's being the extra positive Ted. Yes. Um, it's really hard to watch, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, with it her. Until, it isn't until Beard steps in and, and like gives it to him. Yeah. That this is what needs to happen. And then we see Rebecca's finally on the upswing for season two and she wants to get back to dating yeah and i wasn't sure how it was gonna happen but obviously i peeped uh rebecca and sam getting together uh during the during the episode where she has her goddaughter yeah and he he stops in for a second yeah the office. and yeah, i yeah. was like something's gonna happen between these two they still do a good job of misdirection. Oh, they yeah. They keep you guessing, um, yeah. which I do like. This is the only part of the show. That's the only part of the show for me that it ends up working better, but it does give me like Joey and Rachel vibes from Friends. Oh, yeah. I hate Friends. It just worked in this show versus here, you know, like, um, <clears throat> but I think. I think for me the biggest effect on her ends up being her mom and sassy because yes. sassy knows that this isn't the rebecca that sh she should be hey what do you think of i wanted to bring this up earlier but now that sassy's brought up what do you think of ted sleeping with sassy so like like that quick i think he was drunk that's what i think <laughs> you don't think that, that would have happened if he wasn't drunk no i don't interesting I really don't, but like I, it, but even when he does stuff like that, right? He buys her breakfast. He pays for extra time in the room. Like he's the nicest. And then Dude, later, even whenever receives... she's like, whenever, whenever Rebecca asks her yeah. if he's like that while they're having sex, and she's like, "Yeah, he's so eager to please. It's amazing." And she, <laughs> she asks if she talks. He talks like that, and she goes the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> like even the, the parts you don't see he's still in character yeah it's, <laughs> it's very it's very good yeah it's but very good. sassy and her daughter are the ones that kind of remind rebecca who she is yes absolutely uh, love the episode very important where we have uh rebecca and her goddaughter together they are yeah. iconic team iconic duo oh <laughs> that episode where Rebecca, where Sassy climbs in through the window and her daughter <laughs> falls. Yeah. Oh, it was my a good God, joke. Dude. I died laughing. Yeah. I Sassy falls when she goes over, so it's already kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it was really great. Um, solid, solid physical comedy uh, throughout. Sassy is a great character. Um, I love her forthcomingness. I love the way that she fucking puts Rupert in his place at the funeral. Yeah. Love that. Oh, yeah. I love that so much. You know? Yep. Um, and she is just like so loyal. Um, Sassy reminds me a lot of me. <laughs> <laughs> 
as like as like a support as like a supporter yeah. of my friends like i am there for people much like i feel like sassy is there for rebecca but she lets she she for as fun as she is she tells the honest truth right like for six years she's just been ignoring her goddaughter yeah. and she's more concerned about her goddaughter than herself you know she's like like hey i maybe we don't talk as much but don't penalize my daughter yeah that's for actually a my point you know that i hadn't thought about yeah uh so you know and that's how i feel like a good mother would react right oh yeah like, don't penalize my daughter for something that happened to you. Yeah. I'm a, you know, I'm an adult woman. I can handle that, but she can't. Yeah, she looks up to you. Yeah. Uh, she looks up to you. Really, and she looks up to me. Yeah. And her goddaughter really is, I think, between her and Ted are the ones that help change her for the better. Yeah. Yes. Um, absolutely. Her, yes, her absolutely. goddaughter lets her realize she's a boss ass bitch. Yeah, and she's the one she's that like, gets oh, I am. To, and the one that gets her to stand up to her boss, her owners of the club, in support for her players. Yeah, when they yeah when they uh, fight against oh, what's Dubai Air? Yeah, Dubai, Dubai Air. Dubai Air. Uh, yeah. Sam is going to be oh. a model for them, but wants to pull out because of the pollution that's happening to Nigeria. And their response is yeah. okay, that's fine, but just fire Sam then, and she refuses to. Yeah, um, and her and Sam unknowingly are talking on banter, which is near one of the tops of my more subtle jokes in the show, which I did not realize in the first time, my first watch through. When Colin, uh, when they're talking about banter and she spells it out B-A-N-T-R, and Colin goes, oh, it's oh kind of like grinder." grinder. <laughs> I I had to pause it. I'm like, oh my god, Colin's gay. I did not pick up on that the first time. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I don't know. I guess I was just so like I think we're gonna see around. I think that's gonna become more of an important thing in season three. If we're once Me again too. talking about what we're expecting, I expect us to see um a little bit more of Colin. He he really really stepped up as kind of a he seemed like a character you introduce in season two to become really important in season three. Yeah, I think so. I do. Um, yeah. I really hope he does because he's he's fun. He's very they could really good. have some fun with him. Um, he's very good. And they don't have a gay character yet. So that makes sense for them to introduce him, like have a big moment with the team in the locker room and like try to yeah. tell everyone or, you know. Yeah. Who knows Absolutely. how they do it? No, it's. I think it's going to happen but, that way. Yeah, I, I really think it's going to happen that way. That it's it's going to build up, and then he's going to like. Oh, can him and Danny Rojas date? It's going to be like scandalous <laughs> unless if yeah. he comes clean to them about it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so I think that's I'm with what, you. I think that definitely is in the cards. Um, all yeah. in all, man, it, out of everybody in the show, and I know I love Roy, I love Beard, I love Ted, I love Keely. I think Rebecca is the best performed character in this show. She's wonderful. She is. She's a great actor. <laughs> incredible. She is incredible in this role. Uh, by the way, did you know that the biscuits in the first season were disgusting? What? <laughs> <laughs> that is a fun fact that I found out as well. So in the second season, they fixed it so that they're actually tasty. But there's a quote from an interview saying that the 
the hardest job she ever had to act was pretending that those biscuits were delicious. Oh, <laughs> something my like God. that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Yeah. She's a real actress, then. Yeah, you'd never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. great, man. Um. Now, we go. Let's let's take a step back to what we talked about. The moment with Beard, the dad in the locker room, right? Uh, they lost the game. Beard <laughs> steps away. He needs he, to go be on his own. Not go home with them. He needs a night out on himself. Yep, he did ask Ted, but Ted was very sure that that was an ask out of friendship, not out of actually wanting to be with him at the time. Then he's right, and he made the right call. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. he Ted also had a lot going on at the moment, so I don't think he was going to go anywhere. I mean, sometimes you just ask, "Hey, you want me to come with you?" You know. Yeah. Yeah. You need quiet time, um, but Beard's quiet time is so much different. Now, I would like you to lead the conversation about this episode because I think I was watching this and I'm going, he's going to love this episode. This is going to be one of those ones that he digs. Well, because because you know me so well, Patrick. You know me I, so well. Vanilla this Vanilla. is not my favorite episode, but I knew it would probably be near the top for you. Well, and I'll tell you why. Because I love episodes of television that make side characters the main character. Yeah. Some of my when they're favorite, done right. They're not always done right. Episodes, <laughs> right. Exactly. Some of, my, <laughs> yeah. some of my favorite episodes of Scrubs. Yeah. Are whenever we get the the Turk experience yeah. of Scrubs. You know, there there's that episode where it's like their episode, and we get Todd, um, and two other people. We get like their vision of what a day in the life of of that hospital is like. Yeah. And now we get that with fucking Beard. And who, honestly, who hasn't been watching this episode going, what's Beard's deal? Right, because right? like because <laughs> Beard is like the perfect character because he interjects every now and then with a sentence that's like, what the fuck is he talking about? But then he And then he always like, talks oh. in riddles. Yeah. And then it's like, oh no, wait, no, that's Beard. That's just who Beard is. For instance. One of my favorite quick jokes of beards, moments of beards. I don't know. I don't know if it's a joke because I feel like it really is his life. Is whenever yep. they're talking, whenever Ted's talking about um getting paid to be bit in the ass. Okay. And Nate as beard. Did you really pay somebody to oh, yeah. bite you in the ass? And Beard's like, no, I, I was paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's just such an an enigmatic character yeah they're at the Ugh. they're at the bar with beard and what are the they they're allowed what each one question yeah and the one dude's question is has he ever been to vegas <laughs> his response is i've been to vegas many times one night is good two nights is perfect and I'm like, Beard's my fucking guy now. Yeah, he knows. He knows. Yeah. And he's right. <laughs> but, Unites in but, Vegas is all you need, people. Here's what they did, though, for me in this episode. That the second time around, I liked it way more than I remembered liking it. That yeah. was one of the weaker episodes for me the first time around. Okay. But noticing the three fans arcs, they pushed that into Beard's story. Yes, dude. So flawlessly. Uh, and like Beard was just 
spectacle is due to them. Dude, he's so <laughs> dude, and that's what was so perfect about him in this episode is that even though he's getting beat down and punished, he refuses to let anybody else feels that way. That's how you know yeah. that him and Ted are like the best coaches and best friends together. Yeah. You know, because even because because even they have different ways of going about it, but they will not let other people feel down because of their emotions. Yep. Um, you know, this... they, they go out. Um, I think it's crazy whenever they said that pubs close at 1130. That's dude. Bars around here close at 11. Yeah. Do they? Yeah, unless there's certain ones do drag shows and then they'll be like, oh, come after 11 and it's like a special night. But like usually they're closed by 11 or 12. Dude, we have four bars here in my small ass town don't close until two in the morning. Yeah, they don't really. It's not really a thing. Really? Um, yeah, dude. <laughs> no, it, not a lot of times. Uh, oh, so they so they decide that they're going to go to this place, this milk and honey place, oh, something yeah. like that. Right? Yeah. Yep. And Beard does what Beard does and gets him snuck in. <laughs> well, so it's so cool because the whole time you know he's observant, right? But all the things he's doing to get them in are based on observations that he found. And yes. like people that he's listened to talk, he, he knows things about Oxford that he has no rights to understand. Yeah. He's <laughs> but he's like, oh, well, Bodie, Jane talked about Irish it. Irish accent. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and like, and when you're watching, you're not ready for it because he had never used that accent before. Yes! All of a sudden, he's Irish. You're like, what? Okay, all right, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> and he treats treats some people, treats those three boys to to a night out, but gets thrown out yeah. and meets this woman with a jealous boyfriend. Uh, he jumps off of a building to avoid a fight with her, uh, but ends <laughs> up getting into a fight anyways by running into Jamie Tart's dad. Oh, man. One of my favorite parts. Like, top five in the show. Yeah. Um, For me. Yeah, really good stuff here because... They beat him up, but he does not stay down. Yeah. You know, he tries to give it back, but it's three on one, people. You're not going to win that fight unless if you are the British version of the Hulk and your name is Derek. <laughs> this guy was <laughs> so funny. Dude, when he rolls away on his scooter. Yeah. I fucking lost and it was like a scooter from when we were kids it wasn't like an electric cool scooter (laughs) he's just there pushing himself well so that's a really good misdirection too right he's chasing beard this entire episode like the last half of the episode and you find out he's just trying to give him his keys and wallet or key or wallet and phone back because they left it in the pants which his girlfriend kept because that's her thing (laughs) <laughs> so it starts off it starts off good because yeah. that isn't it at the beginning he really he does admit that he was gonna fuck him up because having a kid with this by the way also fucking smoke oh yeah Mary. oh yeah she was seductive she was good yeah what the fuck was her problem <laughs> <laughs> she just wanted his pants yeah um but but it's a weird yeah. king so, so at the beginning at the beginning Darren shoot wants to fuck him up 
But then after cooling down, yeah, goes out to return his keys and wallet and phone. Uh, and does so. Uh, this By the time that he gets it back, uh, he's finally able to read these texts that his girlfriend Jane has sent him, but his phone dies. <laughs> you know, and so... He's so fun. Like, the way he screams. <laughs> <laughs> so, God. Um... So he he goes he walks home, but he gets picked up by a limo limo that has the th- the three pub patrons. By the way, these three pub patrons are some of the best characters in the show because they are relentless in telling Ted what they think about him. Well, so the black guy is my favorite because he likes Ted from the start, and he's not allowed to show it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he likes Ted, but he he's always like he's always like, don't be so harsh on him. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's like a, a a calm fan. <laughs> yeah. And the other two are just like relentless. Uh but they bought a limo for the night. <laughs> Which yep. is amazing. Yeah. You know? Um they give him a ride back to the back to his apartment, but he gives that once again. He's feeling like shit. He's been beat up. He's been he's been going through the ringer all night, and he gives them a secret address. And when they go to it, it is Wembley. So cool. It's amazing, or it's Richmond's home stadium. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But it's amazing, dude. Could you imagine Patrick being drunk off your ass and then getting a backdoor entrance into your favorite hockey fucking stadium? Uh, yes. Oh, my God. I'd love it. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, my I'd love God, it. dude. What a fucking guy beard is. I mean, I was in one of the coolest hockey stadiums ever. Were you drunk off your ass? No, I was playing in the 1980s Miracle Rink, man. Doesn't count. Oh, it counts. <laughs> not like this, dude. No, not, not like, like this. This, this is yeah, a surprise. Like I knew this, I was going to play. Whatever, because because nobody's there, dude. There's a difference between being there as a player and being there leisurely, just like fucking yeah. about and having fun. And like, that's what this is. There's... Yeah. You you fans of things get this moment. Yeah. You know, and that's what makes it so special. Beard provided for them a core memory that yeah. they will forever have. Yeah, he just has his finger on the pulse. Yeah. That's his character. You know, yeah. he, he knows what everyone around him needs, except himself. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. But he does Correct. end up finding Jane. Um this episode has my favorite camera work. Sure. Between the chase scenes and you know, I, we amazing? bring it back. Yeah. We bring it back, right? But we've talked together offline about like the way they would shoot episodes of Scrubs and different things like Spin City back in the day yes. with these long running camera shots, these chase scenes they were shooting, finding Jane. Um, it feels like one shot that that's when he's sitting on the bus yeah 
And like, and like everybody's going on and off of it, and it like speeds up on everybody else but him. Yeah, it's done great so work. Well. <laughs> yeah, so great well. work. Yeah, so just good. wonderful. Um, and it really frames that camera right around Jane standing there in the center. And of all things, they're like, you know what, Coach needs. You know what, Beard needs to be doing right now. He needs to be hula hooping. Yep. <laughs> and I made a note that he was the coolest person ever to put a hula hoop on. <laughs> He's just vibing out. <laughs> it's so funny because she like puts it on him and it's over and like the face he has, it's like he's never seen a hula hoop before. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But then yeah. he just pops off with it. Yeah. Uh he's so fun. Um yeah. and I don't remember liking this as much as before. Uh, and honestly, this is really all you need to talk about with Coach Beard. There's it informs this you is the story. Everything that he is. He's observant, he's mm-hmm. caring, he's intelligent, he has a wacky yeah. way about him, but he will always have your back. And yeah. he's I love it at the beginning whenever the one dude asks him about how do you deal with not knowing if the world's going to end at any time? And he's like, well, to answer that question, he puts down his pint and the entire table is filled with beers. (laughs) He's been talking for that long. (laughs) Yeah. He knows what he's doing. "And And if this world is a simulation which in my experience it absolutely is, that we could just tip our hats to the man pulling the strings. (laughs) Dude. Stupid. (laughs) Dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Uh, But it's from Cody here. And that's what makes it smart. All right. Any other characters you want to hit before we talk about kind of what we'd want to see in the third season? Or different uh, no, things we may have missed. About every, we even talked about Trent Crim a little bit. I def, and that did. was really the... Oh, no, dude. I'll tell you this. Shouts out to May. Yeah, yeah. Shouts she's out fun. to May. She rules. <laughs> well, she she's important because I think she helps she helps Ted learn the culture. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So someone needs to, and I think she was a good culture teacher for Ted. Yeah. Uh, you know, like what wanker means. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all fun stuff like that. Um, but she always had witty comments to make no matter what situation was going on. Um, so yeah, May. Um but before we jump into what we want to see, how can the people help us, Sea Bear? What can they do for us? The most that they could do, what I want them to do the most is share us with your friends and family. <laughs> Get us out there. Let them know that we're talking about things that maybe other people aren't talking about. Uh, a full yep. two-season retrospective of Ted Lasso. Who else is doing it? <laughs> Who else? Not is around doing this time. <laughs> it's not. It's extra long. Normally we go long. This is an extra long episode, and I'm loving it. Uh, we can split it. It's fine. No, I'm not splitting it. <laughs> Fuck that. Uh <laughs> On top of that, a great thumbs up and five-star review on whatever you're listening to us on. We really need those uh, to get us out there to get new listeners onto the show and for them to see that we're doing a a good job 
those are the two most important things that people could help us. And of course, if you want to hear our opinions on anything at all, all you have to do is email us at Gmail uh, with forestfilmclub22 at gmail.com. And over time, we'll be doing more TV shows. If there's a TV show that you absolutely are in love with, we'll watch it with you. Absolutely. Tell us what it is. We'll give you our thoughts. Uh, You know, obviously, we we both had things that we weren't a huge fan of in Ted Lasso. But everything else around it made it okay. Uh, And that's a sign of a really strong show. Really good. It's hard to make perfect. (laughs) You know? Um, so yeah. What, what do you hope happens? Are there any moments that you think are coming theory wise? Um, uh, cause I heard they're, they're making four seasons now, right? Wasn't that announced? Um, I have no idea. I think the, I think it was announced that there will be four seasons now, which does kind of upset me. I wanted it to be one last season as a tight bow. Um, like three, you wanted three seasons? I think it was perfect because now, now is their time to show what they really are and win the whole damn thing, right? This is so, where you're allowed to win. So here's the deal. They, you have to think that this season, season three, is about them coming back to winning the thing, right? The thing that they lost in first season. So would then the fourth season be about them like what's what's a step up from that? I that's what I that's why I'm nervous. I think the third season is gonna be gangbusters. I think if they do a fourth, it's questionable, depending on how they handle a third. Yeah. I'll tell you this right now, I'm not nervous about it at all. No. Because I, see, I, I think am. that season two, I think that season two was better than season season one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be hard for them to top season two. Yeah, but I think that I think that having four is a good idea because at least whenever you have that set number, you know there's a plan. You could also do it in a way where like they lose in the final, but they're still in that league and then they come back in the fourth season and then they beat what is it called west ham yeah then they beat know. west ham in the last season i don't know yeah um, don't know. But, but like this is this is the season i feel where the most surprises can happen yeah because they've set up a lot they've set up a lot like you, you don't know if roy and healy are still together because they're at I, much different parts in their life yeah okay um, so but they're not broken up Roy and Keeley are going to get married. I think so too. I think he's going to ask her. This season they're going to get married. Probably season four they're going to have a baby or something. Maybe, yeah. But they're definitely going to get married this season. Let's let's. That's my first uh, prediction. You. Yeah. Um. Ooh. I think. I think that they're going to have Rebecca and Sam get together and, and then it's not going to end up working. Yeah. I feel I like think so. I think Sam eventually goes home to his family. You think Sam eventually goes home to his family? I do. I think he I think they set it up in a way where he really considered it. 
Yeah, I do too. I feel like uh, if that happens, uh, he's going to see that. Uh, he's he, I, if that does happen, he's coming back to Richmond. What do you mean? If that does happen, if he leaves to go back home, he's going to realize yeah. that that was a mistake. Yeah, no, and that's fine. But I, I, I think that for his character, he needs to make that choice at some point. Yeah. Um, for it to work. That would, you don't think that's a backtrack from the end of the second season where he denies going home? No, because I think he has such a close relationship with his dad. I think, I think, here, check this out. He wants out. to be there. Okay. I think he's going to go home, but it's not going to be at like a football capacity. That's the... I don't care how it happens. Yeah. My my point is he's I gonna have, have to go home at some that, point. I have a feeling that like Sam and Ted <laughs> are gonna be in Nigeria at the same time together. Oh, see, I think they're gonna send Tem back to America at some point I for an episode know. or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe I do not. Maybe there's an episode where everyone goes home, and then you get a, like a you get an That'd insight really into cool. everybody's. I'd love that home life. I would, you know, like that. something like that. That would be cool. That would be really. I would fun. take a special too, like if they were like, "This is an hour and a half," but yeah. it's really oh, cool. Yeah, like who cares? Or special or something. Yeah, like I that'd be cool with me. Yeah, uh, that would be. Great. I think we That's deserve that call. at this point. That's a great call. Yeah, that would be a really cool, specifically because now we've had so much time with these characters. Like, I would even want to know Jan Moss. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's like a fun background guy that always tells the truth i'd love to meet his family yeah young boss is a fucking man <laughs> he's like i don't tell lies <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> like zero you should have saved that goal <laughs> like what the fuck man that's not constructive <laughs> in the um, middle of a game another uh, a character that i don't have any predictions on but i'm really interested to see what what goes on with them next is trent Prim. He, I'm, oh yeah, I'm super excited to see what, they can't get rid of him. I think that there's a chance that he's going to step in and do what Keeley's been doing season two. As like, I had that thought. I had that thought. Yeah. I did. Um, That would be so fun. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Are you fucking kidding me? How cool would that be? I, yeah, I, now oh, I really want it to happen. Regardless, we're at least getting a, a little bit of, of, of Sam in Nigeria because of his restaurant. He's opening yeah. up a Nigerian restaurant. That's a I loved that part of, of like the, the denouement of, of season two. I mm-hmm. thought that was an awesome moment for Sam. Yeah, no, absolutely. He um they did a great job with him overall. Yeah. Um I do see that um I will be interested to see what they do with Jamie. Like, I feel like Jamie's going to maybe meet a girl that has nothing to do with soccer. Yeah, I have a feeling that he's going to meet a girl who was just like him. Yeah. Completely egotistical, completely in her own head, hotter than shit, you know, and and that he's going to have to now help her with the knowledge that he has of like not being that person anymore i and i yeah and i'm wondering i wonder if they're gonna frame it kind of like they frame beard and jane yeah um i expect beard and jane to not be together i 
I don't think they can be. Like they've they've played too much cat and mouse with that relationship. Yeah. That uh, I'm just kind of over it. Yeah, me too. Me too. It, you it, know, I'm just. I think as the, a viewer, anybody. That's is. definitely like one of the lower points of season two to me. Was was yeah. their whole relationship. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice. Uh, no, I do see. I like your idea. I think that would make sense for him. Um, and I love that the theories we're putting out are things that feel obvious. Right? Yeah. Like, all of this shit like, is like, well, yeah, of course that would happen. Yeah. Like, there's no surprises, and we don't care. <laughs> yeah. Give me that. <laughs> yeah, like um, because because I'm more interested. I am so much more interested in this show of the day to day of it. Like, yeah, having characters in a show that actually will talk things out, and that the drama yeah. in the show is because they actually talk to each other instead of like the drama happening yeah. because they're afraid to talk to each other is so much more interesting to me. The last thing that I am super excited for, we've already talked about, um, but I really want to see the journey they send Colin on. Yeah, I think that we're going to... Uh, I think it's important that Colin gets a journey in this show. Yeah, I do too. And I think we have already started it a little bit with how uh, yeah. Nate was treating him. And as you, sa- as you said earlier, the grinder <laughs> bit. He's- yeah. It's a small moment. It's a small moment, but now we know he's gay. Yeah. Or at least bi. He's not straight. Well, yeah, yeah. He's not a cis male. You know what I meant, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. That's assuming, but yeah. He's not, yeah. He's not Roy. (laughs) (laughs) Let's put it that way. The hottest and most heterosexual man of all time. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) Except he reads a lot. I would say that 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 my most anticipated thing is is this development of Nate. Yeah, because um, I believe that he's going to do really well, and I feel like he's going to kick so much ass. But once again, there's going to be a moment where he realizes that he's a pawn in this game. Yeah, and that is going to crush him more than anything. Because at the moment, I feel like he. Like he's finally made it. Like he's now an important person. He was hired by an important person at a better football team than than the than Richmond. Yeah. Like now he's going to prove himself and he's gonna be so good at it, but it won't matter because he's a pawn in this game between Rupert and Rebecca, and it's going to fucking kill him. And you know and what? what? He deserves it. He's a bastard and he's a rat. How dare he? <laughs> How fucking dare uh, he rip down the believe sign? I know. I know. I know. Uh, terrible man. I'm excited to see what they do with him as well. Uh, I do think he's going to do. I think they're going to win the league in the third season. I think he's going to have instant fame. Um, but. What I find interesting about his character, and I think that they're going to explore, is that fame is more important to him than money. Yes. Uh, and I'm sure Rupert paid him a lot of money. Yes. This is probably why he was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm going to go over here. But, well, I, know. <laughs> but I, think I don't he's think, gonna I mean, find I don't it's not think greener. that it's about money. I think that it's about, like, re- respect. 
well not even revenge but respect like revenge oh yeah i mean like he, well, he, laid so... it, he laid it he laid it all out he felt abandoned by ted he felt i don't get that though you, I don't I, understand so, why. So, so the very first thing that kind of happens after uh, uh, Nate uh, gets the the coach in season two, one of the very first things that happens that sends it on the downward spiral is Roy coming in to coach because Nate fe- felt he's just being time. a baby. Well, yeah, absolutely, dude, because he's never yeah. had anybody's respect. Before. Well, my point is he hasn't earned the anger he has. Like, this is just no, the dude, way the you're business right. works. Well, no, I mean, to you, you're right. But to him, yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he I'm with you now. OK, has I'm with you. You don't have to go too far into it. I'm with you now, though. Like, his, yeah, I get his, why his whole thing. OK, he's upset that that he was the star assistant coach. And now that Roy's in, he's been pushed aside. Now that Roy's um, in, his opinions mean less and that his ideas matter less. He yeah. doesn't understand uh, that that's not true. That's fair. Okay. Um, you know? I have one last thing we need to talk about before we can wrap this up. Yeah. I didn't even mention my favorite episode and we didn't really get into it at all. Um, well, let's talk about it. The romantic comedy episode is my favorite of all of them by a long shot. Uh, what episode is that? You can't just say that. This whole show's a romantic um, <laughs> I made a note. Hold on. It's not this one. It was in oh, uh, episode five of season two. Oh, Rainbow. When he starts with, with rom communism. It makes a really bad joke. Oh my god, dude! Uh, and then it turns communism is yeah. the best thing I've ever heard in my life. But the whole show ends up being about the romantic life between Roy and Soccer, <laughs> and they frame it in like classic, like you've got male scenes. Yeah. <laughs> And it's so wonderful. Like the the running to the airport with him running to the field to be a coach instead. Like I loved the running to the airport quote unquote moment. And then he keeps on like paying people to drive him places. (laughs) Then bartering with watches. Like I'll give you anything. Like (laughs) uh, that's my favorite episode. That's my favorite Roy episode. Um it's it when Roy decides what he wants to do. The field and Keely oh, the whole him. crowd. Yeah, and Keely starts doing their amazing chant for him. It's just beautiful. And then, and that was it, Patrick, because he stands up there on the sidelines. Yep. And where does the camera go? Right to Nate. Right to Nate. His face is pissed. And, and <laughs> so, yes, it fits into what we were talking about. That's why I brought it up. Exactly. <laughs> and that's where Nate's downfall begins. Yeah. Right? Yep. Great. Great character work. Great character work. He's known for that. Um I'm just excited. That that, once once more, like he is the master of having of introducing a character 
in a tertiary side role and then somehow having them weasel and snake their way into being a main cast contender. Right? And they're like, yeah, they're like fringe main cast members. Yeah, like, it's awesome. It's incredible. You know, and, and gearing um, up to season three, the character that began as a side character in season one is now going to be one of the show's main antagonists. Yep. I, I am not making any theories on Danny Rojas because I want to be fully surprised by anything that happens with that man. Give me one. He is my give boy. Me one. I don't want to. Just give me one. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't want to know. I haven't thought about it. I have not thought about my theories on Danny Rojas because his arc's not done. He, football-wise, yes, but he needs to have an emotional side brought in, finally. I'll, I'll say something. Um, I'm going to toss this out. Big swing to the fence here. Uh, Danny Rojas is going to start a shoe company. <gasps> oh, my God. Comfortable dress shoes or something? Yes. 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 <laughs> that's, my, that's the funniest thing he does the whole entire show. Him trying to walk right. in dress shoes. <laughs> And then wearing those slippers. Because they have, dude, Rebecca's feet are fucking huge. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> yeah, he's wonderful. Uh, um, I like that. That doesn't that says, doesn't really affect me. Whenever she just says that he can keep the slippers, he's like, your generosity knows no bounds. <laughs> yeah. He's he's so great. Doesn't he say he's gonna burn them? Yeah, in the, he's gonna in burn the church. Them. Yeah. Oh, he's he's my favorite. I I'm so excited to see what they do with him because clearly he's an important part of this show now. Oh, like they realize people fell in love, and they're gonna keep that going. Um, I always wonder anything how else? They, like how TV writers decide which <laughs> side characters to make important. I testing. I imagine. I mean, how how do you test that though? Like you. Like, I feel like sometimes, to, though, there are characters you, to, you like, want to work. To me, you have to, like, write it and then just hope that it works. Because, yeah. because you can't test that. You can't test a, a, um, a, 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 a whole season arc. like Danny especially, especially with a character that you had kill a dog. Right. That's you, risky. You cannot <laughs> test that. You can't prepare as yeah. to if that's going to be successful or not. Yeah, that was a risky move for a brand new character. Yes. Definitely. You know, like most time, most of the time that character goes to the wayside immediately. Uh, so that's testament bad. to what they were able to pull off. Yeah. Uh, and Daddy was the most important question. Yeah. Okay. Most important question. If you had to pick anybody in this show to fight a bear, who would it be? Let's see. Well, do I want there to be an act? Do I want the bear to die is my question. Well, it's always the question. <laughs> because if I want the bear to die, then the answer is Roy Kent. Obviously. <laughs> or Beard. Or Beard. They would or both, beard. beard would be get real. away too. Let's yeah. be real. They would fuck up that bear. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see them both go at it yeah. at the, like against the bear together because I think they'd have some good teamwork. I think that's but, the answer there. 
it's, it's beard yeah. and and roy tag that's team. good yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely uh what about patrick who would you mm-hmm. expected this show to last longest out in the woods naked and afraid style oh good question i'm gonna go with sassy oh dude yeah. sassy would be great yeah i think that if she came about like somebody randomly in the woods she'd be able to snooze them and she'd probably get some resources out of it she'd be fine yeah for sure yeah i'm uh just because i want them tortured beyond belief i'm picking jamie's dad (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's fair (laughs) yeah he would have been a good one for the bear yeah too i mean it would have worked either way um Either way, he's going to die in those woods, hopefully. And Seabear, the most important question of all. Of course. If you had to put our boy, Batista, in any of these roles, or in this case, because it's a TV show, and you could have some fun moments, a random role that you'd like to see him be, what would it be? Oh, I got you, bro. I got you. Don't even worry about it. Don't even think about it. Okay. He would be uh, on the football panel. Oh, yeah. That's good. He'd be be in the newsroom in the football. He'd either be on the football panel or he'd be like a cameo in the pub. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe like the bar back or something that helps pay. (laughs) (laughs) And she yells at him because the ice is out or something. Yes, dude. Yes, exactly. Sorry, May. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like that one. That's a good I'm one. I'm just like constantly being like, sorry, May, I'll do better. <laughs> this huge yeah. talking. Yeah. And, then, and it ends up that that's like her nephew or something. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You sold that's me. It. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <sighs> Vanilla Bear. We did it. Wow. <laughs> What a conversation yeah. we had today. We knew that it would go long. It, it's yeah. a full TV series we watched, people. And we're happy yeah. that you listened along with it. Uh, here we are, once again. Over there is the Vanilla Bear Patrick. Thanks for going to this journey with me. Really glad you enjoyed your time with it. Uh, always loved that. So yeah, Loved it. Uh, new season starts in about two weeks. It was it March 15th? Something like that, yeah. Okay. There's a lot coming out right around that time show wise. Yeah, Mandalorian's coming out next week. Uh, another random one that you won't probably know as well, but um, Daisy and the Six is coming out, oh, which sure. is based on a book. Yes. Uh, I'm May excited. 31st. May 31st. I'm interested. Oh, sorry. March um, 15th to uh, May 31st will be. Uh, uh, most importantly, I have a buddy who is down to see John Wick and. Um, not Dungeons and Dragons, the other major one, Scream. So I have a buddy that wants to see the new Scream with me as well. Um, uh, oh, we have not brought up the fact that John Wick is happening. We like a little bit, but like the hype level over on this side of the the screen here. It's gonna be. It's the longest John it's Wick yet. Good. <laughs> I will watch it for ten hours. <laughs> Give it all to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy. Like it doesn't Marcus, matter. I was just talking to to my friends that we went to see Cocaine Bear. I was like, a lot of shit's happening in in March that I'm really excited for, both movie wise and TV wise. Um, 
Yeah, like, it seems I, to be like that that phase that cycles hitting here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, first quarter of the year, right? Like, yeah, they have yeah. to end the the quarter big, and they're doing mm-hmm. it, man. They're really doing it. So expect some reviews coming out on some both new things and a continuation of the A twenty four journey that yes. we're going on. Uh, yep. So be on the lookout for that over here. Oh. If you don't know, you should know. Has been your chocolate bear moon though. This has been the Forest Film Club right here. Right in your ass. <laughs> and to end this properly, hashtag Barback Batista. <laughs> hashtag Bartista. Let's go. 